Coming up on episode 33 of Nosebleed Seats, we have a Cowboys group therapy session as we recover from their loss to the Rams. Eric totally baffs his Biggest L, Biggest Dub segment. We got Big Johnson's coming in your face. Kyle Yeomans joins the show to talk MLB postseason. Lots more pigskin, so stick around to the show everyone can afford to listen to. The Nosebleed Seats. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats. The show everyone can afford to listen to. It is episode number 33. So what? So you want me to shout out Chidobi Awuzie? I was thinking Tony Dorsett. Fair point. Chidobi's uh, not done really much of anything, has Walk he? Walk before you can run, my friend. Yes. Uh, one is a Hall of Famer. Cheeto needs to get back on the field and healthy as soon as possible. Please, please, please. No, no, no. He's going to be an immediate starter, dominant enforcer from the get-go. He's a hell of a player. He certainly no, was week he's one. Be, he's going to be a player even in week four. Against... That hamstring's been rough. He's going to be solid. No, he's going to be really good against the Rams. He's going to play great. He didn't play against the Rams. Oh, shoot. Big reason Sunday happened. That did happen, didn't it? It did. Wow. The Cowboys lost to the Los Angeles Rams, and uh, we will have a lot of reaction to that right out of the get-go. It's the No Split Seats podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, and producer Bab. So the Cowboys, we're you know we, we got to start off with this. They're at home, and they're playing the L.A. Rams, and. Eric and I don't talk a ton about this, but we do have jobs as part-timers with the flagship station of the Dallas Cowboys. So Eric just got hired on. I've been there several months, and I do a lot of the -the behind-the-scenes stuff in studio. So Eric literally just gets hired. Um, He's been working there maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks, you know, max here. Week and a half. Week and a half. Okay, sure. Not even. I'm giving him too much credit. Way too much. And he ends up getting uh, to go to the games as training. Those of you that don't know, you have an on-site engineer, and the engineer is what gets the connection set up from stadium to studio, making sure everything sounds beautiful. They are the key that makes the engine go. And the flagship station for the Dallas Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, has a wonderful engineer. His name is TNP, Ted Nichols-Payne. Does a great job. So Eric is sent to train and shadow TNP. All season long, every Cowboys home game, I am Ted Nichols-Payne's right hand man i already got all my credentials for the entire season i'm locked and ready to roll i was down there this sunday i'm on the field and it's just amazing because i have no business being there i mean literally i there's no qualification that says you know what she follow you should be at the game assisting ted nichols Payne in the engineering process of this broadcast i know nothing literally nothing literally nothing and so i'm just living the dream getting paid to go to the cowboys game and just do what this guy tells me to do. Hit that button. Plug that in. Great. Next thing I know, I'm shoving so much sushi and wings down my throat, I can't even breathe. Wow. That's what I did for three hours on Man, Sunday. Man, that sounds awesome. While watching the game. And the best part about it is, the funniest part is, I I, I don't belong there. And, and, and Walchick, I mean, Walchick should be. There's probably 10 different people that deserve to be there more than I do. And Walchick has to sit back at the station. And hear all the audio that comes from the booth where I'm sitting, having a blast, chopping it up with Babe Laufenberg, shooting the shit with Brad Sham, just killing the game with Ted Nichols Payne, eating sushi, 
eating wings. Down on the field, seeing Jerry oh, yeah. Goff and Aaron Donald for warm-ups. That's right. Talking to Laura Oakman, the beautiful sideline reporter for Fox Sports. Fox, baby, and, and that's exactly what she is. I was up close and personal, having myself a good time. Was at the Jerry Presser after the game outside the locker room. No biggie. Just getting some insight, doing what reporters do, living the dream. And the beauty of it all is I'm back at studio, and my job is to listen in on all this stuff. Just hear all the fun. Roll on and record all of this it's in just, case there's something we want to use. Straight torture for Walchick, And man. I'm just hearing Eric. Smackdown sushi. What the heck is going on You can over hear there? me sucking the bone, the chicken off of the bone of the wings that I'm eating, courtesy of Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. The one thing that really brightened my day, though, was... Uh, TNP goes and he's introducing Eric to Brad Sham and Babe Laufenberg and whoever heck else is in this booth. Yeah, you know, producers, important people. Maybe don't worry even about on it. the field. And I just keep hearing. I know Eric's there. We're texting. He's sending me pictures just to rub it in. Oh yeah. And I just well, hear, and I, but I was also sending you pics of the game too. I wasn't just sending you those pics. Oh yeah, of course. You know, I was throwing in some sports, too. Yeah, there was some appropriate picks sent as well. But I had to rub it in your face. You had to. And that's fair. That's fair. Respect you, man. You had a good time. I can't even be mad at you. So you're listening you in. The dream. You're listening, listening in on me in, getting introduced. And Ted's getting Ted's introducing this guy, Chris. And I'm thinking, that's got to be Eric. Because the only... I know he's new. He's training... I don't know anybody named Chris that's affiliated with our station. Maybe he works for the Cowboys, but I doubt it. This has to be Chris's Eric. I know it. So I send Eric a text and I say, hey, man, is is Ted introducing? Are you Chris? And Eric replies, yeah, they're introducing me as Chris. It's too loud in here. Babe Laufenberg's calling me Chris. Ted Nichols Payne told him my name's Chris. Brad Shan thinks I'm Chris. I'm like, all right, well, what am I supposed to do? I guess my name's Chris. I'm starting to doubt. I'm like, you know, Actually, I think my name is Chris. This is this is like what is happening right now. Babe Laufenberg's talking to me. I'm not going to correct them. Like I said, it's too loud. What do you do in a situation like that? When you have somebody important, someone you're like, man, I'm really trying to make a good impression right now. I'm a little bit starstruck. It's going to correct the guy. Or you're just going to move on seamlessly. Probably going to move on seamlessly, but that's the only time you have to correct it, though. Yeah. The first time when you look back on it after that, it's like, well, why didn't you tell me? I've been calling you the wrong name. <laughs> that is a good point. If somebody point. introduces you wrong, yeah. you've got to correct it then and there, even if you think it's rude. So here's what I was thinking is I'm hoping that, you know, he Babe's got a full week of film to crunch, Cowboys lost to take before he gets back in the booth to call the Green Bay game on Sunday. I'm thinking, listen, a week long, out of sight, out of mind. I show up on Sunday, reintroduce myself. He probably doesn't remember him. Oh, yeah, yeah, Eric. Yeah, that's right. And then, boom, tell him it's Eric and move on. And hopefully he didn't even remember that it was Chris in the first place. But you're laughing back at the station like, who the? They calling Eric Chris? That was the only downside of the whole day. Otherwise, it was just absolute blast that I had. Eating like a champion. I got to introduce uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. He came in because he's uh, the color analyst for the Rams Rams. broadcast. So their booth is next to us. 105.3 had him on. So I had to go in the booth, say, hey, MJD, dap up. Let's go. Come hang out. Say thank you. Move on. So, you know, just me and my guy. Maurice, living the celebrity to, life. Going to hang out with uh, Aaron Rodgers, hopefully, down there on the sideline this weekend, see how Aaron's doing. It's been a while. Well, that was about the only positive that happened was getting to make fun of Eric for being named Chris because the game itself man, really ripped my heart open. Listen, I don't know why you're acting so surprised. We had, we had some genius on the show last week, NFC East Yoda, 
And he called it. He told you what was going to happen. So I don't know why you're so damsel in distress right now. Uh-oh. Bab. You're going to piss him off, Bab. No, this, but go ahead. No, no, no. This Taunt is, him. This isn't deserved this week, Bab. It's a winner's song. His nipples are literally inverting. They you know how when he gets excited and they get, right now. They they get hard? They are so humming. They are literally, they usually protrude at my face. They are literally inverted right now, Bab. That's what this song's doing to Inverted You're making humps. him sick. Maybe for the first half, they were them boys. 24 points, man. Riding high. And doing then good. the second half came out. It's and a my fireworks God, show. I tweeted out. I Facebooked out. For those of you that don't follow me, add Zach Wolchuk or just follow at Nosebleed Pod or Nosebleed Seats handle. I said, look, guys. Join Nosebleed Seats. We're going to have uh, a nice a nice little powwow. We're going to have a little therapy Cowboys session. therapy session. Yes. All right. So this is Dallas Cowboys Therapy Session on Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wilchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. Now, I went ahead, Eric, and I, and I know you foresaw this. Kudos to you. You picked the Rams. I just didn't want to believe it. That was not me. That was NFC East Yoda. NFC East Yoda. We are not the same. All right. NFC East Yoda foresaw the Rams were going to come in and they were going to get the dub in Arlington over the boys. I cannot take the credit. Now, this couldn't have been more of an irritating game. So uh, we just kind of pulled back the curtains and we let you know how Eric and I watched the game live. Me, not so much watching, more listening. Eric, watching and eating. Tons of eating. So I, I do my work, I do my job, and then I go home and I record every game and I rewatch it so I can actually really get to to watch, to focus on what's going on. Just the worst way to have to do it. And I'll tell you what, that first quarter, my goodness, it was a thing of beauty, baby. It was Dallas Cowboys football. It's what we want. It was reminiscent of 2016 is what it was. It was. It looked like a well-oiled machine running the football they come out in the opening drive, and the thing that made Dallas so successful in 2016, they'd come out, opening drive, get a touchdown. Boom. Boom. So all of a sudden, you're up 7 nothing. The defense is playing with the lead. You've already set the tone, and everything's set for the remainder of the game. Cowboys hadn't scored on a single opening drive all year long until Sunday. They go down the field. They don't get a touchdown. They get a field goal. Still positive. We'll take the points. We'll take the points. Defense. Did again what they did in 2016. Gave up a lot of yards, got moved up and down the field, but come red zone time, they stiffened up. Boom. They don't let the Rams in. Forced Greg the leg to come out there. Hey, best fantasy kicker of the day. We'll take that. They're not getting in the end zone, baby. Defense bend, but don't break. Three's up. Offense firing on all cylinders. Alfred Morris is going for Alfred 75 yard touchdowns. I was Zeke. like, is that my grandpa out there running good night? 75. Oh, hilarious, but a rejuvenation from Alfred Zeke with this old toe tap. Keep your feet in bounds. Dangle on the sideline into the end zone. Touchdown. By the way, Alec Ogletree, you don't even deserve a game check after that play. You just whiffed. Well. You suck, Alec. Let's move on, Ogletree. You suck. It's 17 to 6, and the Cowboys just forced Goff and the Rams to punt. They're... Eight and a half minutes left to go in this half. Cowboys are dominating. Offense has just scored back-to-back touchdowns. AT&T's roaring like I've never heard before. How was it? Was the atmosphere oh, good? It, I mean, hey, like you said, about this time in the game, very, very the loud. Cowboys were feeling it. Defense was feeling good. Goff's coming off the field. He's frustrated. Head's shaking. What the heck's going on? Got sexy Switzer back there taking the punt. And he muffs it. 
He muffed the punt. And this is after Ryan Switzer had returned a couple kickoffs that he probably shouldn't have. Definitely. Definitely. Now he fumbles. And oh my goodness, the Rams have the ball of the Dallas 20. Now when you went back and watched the game, I know when you were listening to the game, you pooped your pants right when this happened. Did you Did you do that again when you watched? It was worse when I watched. It was. Because when it? I was listening, I mean, I'm still in the work zone. Mm-hmm. And I'm also listening for funny things or any good audio clips that Brad says during the game for the Ben and Skin segment that they do following Cowboy Game Days. Sham goes ham. True professional, man. So, yeah, I'm I'm locked in. And I'm following. Of course, I'm following what's going on in the game. And, I, and I'm aware but to me, it wasn't as drastic a play as it was when I went back and watched it. And you really, because I'm not seeing any of the body language. I'm, it's very difficult for me from where I'm angled to really watch the game on the TV. So it's mainly just listening to what's happening. Especially when when you got poop in your pants. That's always tough. And I constantly have that issue. Yeah. You're a consummate professional. So that, ha- that the fumble happens and the Rams score. And the next thing you know... The Cowboys' offense is resilient, but the defense just kind of took a hit from then on. You had the touchdown. The Cowboys are up by 11 at half. And then halftime comes, and it was a tale of two halves. It's like the offense forgot to play. Mm -hmm. One first down in the third quarter. Yeah. Defense comes out, gets a three and out to start the third. They do their job, and the offense just doesn't show up. So now the Cowboys' model that was working to perfection to get yourself... In control and seamlessly, it, it felt like this game was going to be a rout. The Switzer fumble kept the Rams alive and in it when you're going to just bury them. And that was right when NFC East Yoda just perked up. That's when he knew. That's, that's, when, when, that's, he when, that's when he perked up. That was the vision, and and we knew what was going to happen after that. So And the Rams go down the field. They get held to a field goal, and that happened five or six times in the game, and the offense could do nothing. Nada. They could do absolutely nothing. Zip. Now, what happens with this defense? I, I got to call out some people. I got to call out some players. Wow, man. by name? You're going to yeah, do that? I'm going to do it. All this right, is man. a therapy session. We're getting it out, baby. Thanks. It's a safe space. Thanks for the f- Pop-Tart, Bab. Now, first and foremost, thanks, Bab. This is needed, buddy. I appreciate it. This is s'mores? Comfort food. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it. I don't know any of these guys personally. I'm sure these are great dudes off the field. I'm simply critiquing them on the field as football players. Listen, I'll tell them face-to-face on Sunday, man, I know, when you're I'm down there. there. Don't worry about it. Jeff Heath. Hmm. What's the first thing you think of when I say Jeff Heath? Why? Thank you. That, 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 that was it. I mean, that, that's all I could think of. How, maybe? I don't understand. I don't understand what the Cowboys see in Jeff Heath to start him at safety in the NFL. It's, it's who, what, where, when, and why. It's all of that at the same time. Can't cover. Misses tackles. Ew. Takes horrible angles. Is he maybe a great dude in the locker room? Is he a good special teams guy? You're darn right he is. Keep him as that. Don't overextend the dude. Kayvon Frazier. Step above Jeff Heath. Mm. Only because of but one reason. Barely. Also a good special teamer. We all know that reason. Your best guy... Is number 25, Xavier Woods. Mm-hmm. And whenever this kid steps on the field, he's making plays. Broke up a huge third down. Loved it. Had a nice tackle on another third down. Beautiful. Xavier Woods makes plays. Start the man. Him and Jordan Lewis 
Cheeto, whenever he can get back on the field, that's your starting secondary for the future. Play them now because the guys you've got ahead of them aren't good. Mm-mm. Next guy on my hit list. Uh-oh. Bring it, man. Myron Jones. BJ? The most overrated player on the Dallas Cowboys roster. By far. By far. Wow, dude. You're really bringing the guns Byron out today, Walter. Jones is an average NFL player. You said it. And, and honestly, on some Sundays, he's not even that. He's an alien, extraterrestrial athlete, average football player. The guy scores out of the charts for, for high jump, 40-yard dash. An awesome dude. I've heard him in interviews. He seems like a bright, awesome guy. I'm sure he's awesome to hang out with off the field. I feel a butt coming. But mm. he doesn't impact the game. There it is. And with the first down player, especially a dude with the athleticism on the back end that he's got, he's got to give me something. You've got to fear him as an offense or, or game plan somehow. Oh, Byron Jones is back there. We got to watch out. There's none of that. I'm pissed. We haven't seen a one-handed backflip interception by him. And if the the other thing is his rookie year, the thing that had everybody on the bandwagon was he shot he shut down Gronk. Cowboys got railed by the Patriots. But the one bright thing... Byron Jones did a great job against Gronk. No one's ever covered Gronk like that. Ever since then, I haven't seen him shut down a tight end. Made good plays here and there. Made a couple good plays in the Rams game. Broke up a pass. Then you'll see him busting coverage. Missed tackle. Poor angle. Girly, girly, girly in his face. Myron's got to be the guy back there, and he's not. I need more from you, Byron. All right, there's Walchick. There he is telling it. Byron, you heard it. Walchick needs more. More, please. Give it to him. It's a Dallas Cowboys safe space. Therapy session here on the No Split Seats podcast. Zach Walchick, Eric Chiafala, producer Bam. Next up, the offensive line. Best in the league, right? Best in the league. Best uh, ever. Because they got three all pros, sure. The other two, people want to say, oh, you got three good ones. Everything else, you don't need to worry, right? It'll be okay. That's a lie. That is a lie. Jonathan Cooper stepped in for the injured Chaz Green. And what have we talked about, Chaz? What did I talk about last week, two weeks ago, after the Denver game? Chaz isn't bad, but he just can't stay healthy. Well, he's missing another game because he's hurt. Here comes Jonathan freaking Cooper. God, these Pop-Tarts are so good. And Jonathan Cooper is getting beat across his face every snap. Now I understand it's Aaron Donald. I get it. But, dude... He's getting beat like he stole something on a consistent basis. Jonathan Cooper, a dude I was in love with coming out of North Carolina. Top 10 draft pick. Everybody thought this dude's going to be a Pro Bowl, perennial Pro Bowl guard. Three teams later. The dude isn't good. He shouldn't be on an NFL roster. Well, he's on years and he's starting. He needs to be cut. Zach Martin got Aaron Donald as well. where 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 Prescott literally ended up tasting the shoulder pads of Martin before he threw the ball on a play. And it's not all on the left guard and the right tech. Collins struggled again, too. Yeah, we need Travis Frederick needs to play better. Prescott Zach literally Martin needs to play better. Prescott literally got up from the play, and he was spitting out Zach Martin's jersey. It's not good. Dak's running for his life. Got hit so many times. The, I saw it live. I saw it live. You took a beating. I was there. I know. You saw it in person. I, I, I was literally there. It was terrible. It was heartbreaking. I, I was concerned for Dak at parts, and I've never been concerned for Dak out there on a football field. By the way, did you did you bring a second pair of pants, or how did you pull this poopy pants situation off? I didn't bring a second pair. Oh, so you're just sitting in mud all all game. Yes. Bad day. I know. All right, all right, keep going. The stretch run right. 
bread and butter play for the Cowboys. Doug Free executed to perfection. And it's a perfect play because you stretch it wide and Zeke can just get up, Zeke can just get up the field, right? It's amazing what happens when you can stretch it. And now Lyle Collins is struggling. Mm. He's not the one thing I, I would expect his athleticism to be above Doug Free. He's having trouble getting out there to make the block. And the play is, is not working. It's very concerning. Dak is at best outside the pocket. And I think now you actually have to coach around some of the struggles from this offensive line. You've got to find a way to get a rolling pocket. You've got to change his launch point. Because teams are teeing off and they're getting pressure. And until you finally prove as a line that you can be trusted again, we got to protect four. Because mm -hmm. he's your best asset. Now, Dak was inaccurate in this game. No doubt about it. Amazing what happens when you get hit all the time. He's not used to it. But it, he's running for his life. He is running for his life, and he's not getting a ton of help. Terrence Williams. Man. What the heck, man? I thought there's been two <laughs> there's been two catches where he's actually used his hands this year, and I'm thinking, oh, we're getting improvements. He made one play on a scramble drill. He fights back to the ball. Beautiful job. Oh, textbook. But then on third down or on a two-point conversion... He tries to catch with his titties. And he drops it. It bounced, boink. He just gets beat up by the ball. And he didn't have great tits. We can all say it. It is so frustrating to watch. Go ahead. Eat that Pop-Tart. I know you want to. And you'll feel better. I do want to say that that Travis Frederick holding on the two-point conversion is a terrible call. Oh, dude. Now you're... Listen, like I said, I'm not sure if you know this, but I was actually there live. Mark... Frederick grabbed him. Wait a minute, you were there. You were at the game. I, no, yeah, I, I was sitting in the press box. Believe it or not, pre-game I was on the field, post-game on the field, but uh, got the bird's eye view up top. Ooh, press box, yeah. Sushi wings. It was a good time. Don't don't worry about it. Listen, it was a good call. It was a clear hold. Oh come and on! And the refs were on the Cowboys side all game. The the, the Cowboys got bailed out of more come calls on. than I know what to do with. So Darryl I don't want to hear about it. it on the broadcast. Of course he did. Call. Former Dallas Cowboy Daryl Johnson. It's, it's a perfect block. Listen, he's got leverage inside. The lineman falls down. I'm sitting so in the Cowboys. Like I'm sitting in the Cowboys oh, radio broadcast it's booth. Terrible I got call. three Cowboys homers. Every work snap for the damn. should be called that. Every, there's holding on they every play. They all know it was a hold. Holding on every play. But when it directly affects no. the play, no. and is the reason why the score happens, you got to call you it. You could call that on any Now, the one thing snap. that pissed me off is any I'm sitting snap. there. The Rams acted like they had no idea what was coming. I mean, didn't we all know? That as soon as Zeke goes in, in motion out of the backfield, we're in shotgun. We now go five wide. We got Prescott. There's no one in the middle of the field. The linebacker goes to take Zeke. It's a guaranteed. I'm yelling it in the press box. Me and draw. football Yoder, me and NFC East Yoder are like, oh, my God, what's happening? The Rams had no idea what was coming. It's an obvious quarterback draw. Yeah, and it was a great call, and they executed it well. Except for Frederick. No, Frederick, that was not a hold, dude. 10 of 11. Not man. a hold at all. That was a terrible, terrible call. There's nothing else Travis Carter can do on that plate. You sound like he, Tom Brady right whatever, now. Whatever, dude. Well, I don't know what you were watching. That was textbook. I was actually watching the Cowboys That game. defensive lineman I was, I was there. is getting his ass blocked, pancake style, and decides, I'm going to stretch over here, falls, ref thinks he got tackled. They call, the, they call the play. That's terrible. It was terrible. My question here is, though, as this is just a game that the Cowboys blew, they had no business losing it. They shot themselves in the foot. The offense came out flat, did nothing in the third quarter. One that they, they should have had, one that they let get away, and they'll probably look back on it. And if they miss the playoffs by a game... as the one that got they away. Got, they got no one to blame but themselves. Yeah. The coaching. 
What do you think about the Cowboys? Do you think they got out coached at all in this game? Well, I mean, anytime you show up dominating a game and then you come out of halftime and it's the reverse, the first thing you think of is, okay, this coaching staff went into the locker room, saw what happened in the first half, and made the necessary adjustments to come out there and dominate. That tells me that the the other team goes into the, the locker room, and what did they do? Did they just say, okay, we're going to keep the same thing rolling, we're fine, we're fine? Do they make halftime adjustments? I'm not, and I don't know many people that are smart enough to be able to tangibly see unless it's just blatantly obvious of the adjustments. But these coaches obviously know what they're doing, and the Rams came out, and I, I can't help but think the, the coaches had a lot to do with that. So McVay gets an A grade for me, and Garrett, I don't know what to tell you. This this happens a lot with Jason Garrett, though. I mean, how That's many times thing. do we how this many times we come back to now. what's going on with the play calling, what's happening here? I mean, that that's a that seems to be a weekly issue. Even when they win, even against the Giants, when they come away with the victory, we can all point to a few situations, especially that inside the five, where you end up having to settle for three and you didn't run the ball one time. I constantly have had issues with Jason Garrett's time and clock management. And yeah, Wade Phillips totally outcoached Scott Linehan in that second half. And I don't know if they're telling Switzer to take the ball out when he's 19 yards deep in the end zone. He's literally in the stands catching the ball behind the goalpost, and he's like, "No, no, no, I'm going, baby. Okay, well, I'm going. The first I'm time, definitely isn't it getting your to the five yard to line. Go over there and say, "Hey, no, don't do that. That's my. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. So, so I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one other chance to redeem yourself. And next time that happens, take the knee. Be smart." But as soon as you're Switzer and you take it out again and you get tackled at the 18, you're never you're not playing again. You're out of here. And then you fumble, and that fumble, when you go back and rewatch that game, that's the play. And then he that's he, the play. He he doubles down after the game by saying, "Yeah, and, and you know it's a shame, but you know it'll it'll probably happen again." And all this other crap. I'm like, it'll probably happen again. Who do you think you are? What do you think you got visions? What do you think, it, dude. What do you think you're fumble Yoda? Fair catch the ball. Just fair catch. Shut your mouth, Make Switzer. the catch. According to you, it should never happen again. You think the Rams are for real? Oh, the Rams, man. McVeigh, the, the trio of McVeigh, Goff, and Gurley. It's amazing what a decent offensive line will do for a quarterback. Hey, credit and he, Andrew and he's Whitworth, got one. Man, he's come in and had, he's having an all-pro Huge, year. Huge, yeah. Probably the best free agent addition in the league. We should do something. We should look back. We should do that for the next show. We should look back at all the free agent additions, all the names, all the hoopla, all the Terrell Priors, all the Deshaun Jacksons, and go back and see that, wow, it was actually Andrew Whitworth, the offensive lineman, that uh, made the biggest impact in the league. And the offensive line is the most overlooked thing because anyone who's good has a good offensive line. Anyone who's bad doesn't. I don't know if the Rams are going to make the playoffs. I still think ultimately Seattle will come around as the best team in that division. Man, they don't look great. They don't. They, but they constantly they start just slow. They're just they a defense. Slow, their defense is good. Their offense is. But that's what Russ does. Like I, the last, I've been thinking about that in the last three years. They've come out flat. It takes them about till week six. Then the train starts rolling. Come, I mean, Tom Brady's famously throughout his career said, "Football doesn't start till Thanksgiving. You just got to be in the hunt." And then start playing your best pick, your best football at the holidays. Take off. I think ultimately Seattle will still do that. But yeah, the Rams—they've got an athletic defense. They've got a hell of a running back. And if Goff doesn't make stupid turnovers, they got a shot. The thing that scared me most for the Cowboys is that they didn't. In the first half, I would say they did, but in the second half, they didn't 
really run the ball that well against a team that buddy they had one first down the entire third quarter yeah that, that that's really bad they didn't horrendous run, they didn't run the ball well against a team that has been ran on all season well they did in the first half no, 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 that's what I'm saying. First half, first half aside, and one of those was the Adju second the, half adjustments, man. I'm yeah. I think they got flat out outcoached in that second half. Wade Phillips. I don't How funny is that? Wade Phillips comes back to Dallas and outcoaches. It's not, it's not funny. Outcoaches Garrett and not them funny. boys. Not funny. Well, Can you imagine if you'd have seen that live? We'll get to, uh, no, I'm glad that I didn't see it live. That makes one of us. We'll get to what the Cowboys, if they can bounce back against the Packers later on in the show. It's the Nosebleed Seats podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Mav. Are you sure you're okay, though? Like, no, that I mean, was I know good. You needed a vent, That man. was a good group therapy session. I'm happy that we had it. I got out what I needed to get out. Closing the book on that. It's time, it's time to put some stuff for, in. For week five. We're, 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 I'm now looking ahead to Green Bay. It's time to put some stuff in. We're stuffing it, baby. I'm looking ahead to Green Bay, too, man. Looking ahead I'm to Green looking Bay. ahead to Green Bay at now, AT&T. Uh, yeah, good old AT&T, the site where, where it happened last year. But this is the time of the show Uh oh. where I uh, look across from me. What happens? And I say, uh, hey, Eric, what's your biggest L, biggest dub of the week? And as Bab starts to play the music, I'd give it to Eric. But listening to uh, this pre-show meeting that we had, doesn't seem like Eric's very prepared. For this segment, Eric. Listen, that's a fair point you make. All right, now I want to defend myself. Oh, you're gonna defend yourself. What's new? Well, because listen, it's like I said last week. I've lamented it. It's it's tough to find people that get a dub during the week, man. It's tough dub to winners, find a weekly winner. It really is. It's tough to find people that just have really good weeks. It's it's. I know it's weird to say, <laughs> but it's it's not that many people are just having just phenomenal weeks out there. You sit there and you say to me, man, I'm having trouble thinking. We can still do L biggest dub biggest L. Just might be short. I can't think of a dub. It took me five seconds to come up with a suggestion for you with audio. See what happens when you put your brain together? Two heads are better than one. Oh my gosh. It doesn't it's, seem like you really tried too hard. No, we're a team though, man. And that's, oh, that's kind of what team, we do. This is your segment. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. It is. But again, finding winners is not easy. That's why you'll find I don't have any honorable mentions. All right. So the, the bar is low on this biggest L biggest dub, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, do better next time. Let's, let's, what do you have? Well, since I didn't have that much, actually, Bab's going to kind of carry this a little bit for me. Should we just... Just one. No, should no, no, this no. be a Bab segment, Eric? No, this is... Hey, should, listen. Should I I'm all about, Bab team, I'm all about team stuff, guys. I'm all about group team building exercises. So this is one. Okay. So Bab, right. just, Bab, give me a biggest L honorable mention, you sexy SOB. Hey, Bab, be prepared. This is yours. Moving on. Okay. Biggest L honorable mention. It's not yours, Bab. Los Angeles football fans. All of them? Ooh, Every okay. single one? What about All the Rams, no, dude? Because the Rams beat the Cowboys this week. I don't know if hey, you were yes. aware. Happened. Shut your mouth about that. We're done. Saw it. Because Live. the TV ratings came out today for viewership in the uh, Los Angeles area uh, for football over the weekend. NFL? NFL football. Oh, geez. NFL football over the weekend. Charges. What was leaning? Colts and Seahawks. Ooh, Sunday night football you have game. Two, you have two NFL teams in your city, and the one that leads the TV ratings was Colts and Seahawks. Now, to make it worse, the Rams can't put any butts in the seats. Granted, their game was second, but I feel like that was carried partially because it was the Cowboys. Nothing if they weren't than... playing the Cowboys, it may have been lower. Can't get any butt. Man. Cowboys are America's team. They draw ratings. What's, oh, yeah, no. What's just absolutely embarrassing to me for the city of Los Angeles is the Chargers... 
game. They were at home against the Eagles. And they play in a soccer stadium. They play at StubHub Center, which is a soccer stadium. Practically has, the size of a high school stadium. It has 30,000 seats. They are having to tarp the upper deck right now at this 30,000-seat stadium because they are not selling enough tickets. No. And it came in fifth, tied with the Steelers and Ravens game in TV ratings. You know what game was above that in Los Angeles area ratings? Dolphins and Saints, which if you don't know, (laughs) was played in London which, when that game kick off, kicked off, it was 6.30 in the morning in Los Angeles. So more people got up to watch 6.30 a.m. football between a horrible Dolphins team and the Saints hey. than to watch the Chargers in their own backyard. Okay, here's the question, though. It is L.A. Do you think those were people getting up to watch that oh, game no, or they no, still no. hadn't gone to bed from the they night before? They just got home from a wonderful Saturday night. They had breakfast and watched the Dolphins and Saints, maybe the worst game of the season. Hit up Roscoe's, get the chicken and waffles. Do and it. Then it oh, look, Chipper, Jolly Ho, the London game's on. Yay! We can watch this while we fall asleep. We can watch the Dolphins not score a single point because against the New Orleans Saints, who have the worst defense in the last 10 years. Jolly Ho, good old chap. Now, that's terrible. And why did we need two teams in London again? No reason. Didn't. So, right. so, LA fans, LA. so LA fans will watch <laughs> also football. No reason. Maybe a team we should have a team in London. I don't know. So no one cares about the Chargers in LA. Way to go. No one just cares to that about that ownership LA group. Because the Los Angeles Rams at LA Memorial Coliseum are averaging less than 25,000 fans. And just a game. to give you a feel, like most of these NFL stadiums are at least 60, 70, 80,000 people. And, you know, they're filling up. Cowboys courses. is I mean, 90 plus. Yeah, Cowboys is 90 plus, And they're filling that thing. And you're looking across... Over on the West Coast, Los Angeles, 30,000 seats. They can't even fill half of it. I mean, about half is what they're doing. Not even. Not even half. That's a sad time in L.A. They're definitely earning. Are are they eclipsing that honorable mention? The North Texas Mean Green for home attendance? Are they they getting just barely? Barely past those numbers? Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, North Texas averaged about 20,000 fans. They're up around 25 right now. Uh, One final stat. They had the 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 Chargers Eagles game had the exact same rating in Los Angeles as the Steelers and Ravens game, which both the Steelers and Ravens are based over twenty five hundred miles away from Los Angeles. Steelers do have a wide fan base, though. I'll give them that as well. So uh, yeah, my biggest well, nominee is, sure is Los Angeles football fans in general, but especially Los Angeles Chargers, Chargers also fans. Just find ways to lose, so I can understand being out on them. They're they're my one of my biggest disappointments of the year. Thank you for doing some legwork for me, Bab. Cannot thank you enough. Between, yeah, Bab, next week it's all you, bud. Between that and the Pop-Tart, Bab, you're just bringing it strong today. Just be ready, Bab. You're going to be a bigger part of the show now. Second honorable mention, L, is the New York Knickerbockers. Ooh, the Knicks. They still have Derrick Rose. Basketball starting up, ladies and gentlemen. No, they do not. Derrick Rose is actually with your boyfriend, LeBron James, Mello? in Cleveland. They still got Mello, though, right? No, dude. Believe it or not, they traded him for Enos, uh, biggest L winner last week, Cantor. Enos? Remember the former Oklahoma Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. family staying here forever? Oklahoma City mm-hmm. wakes Latrell up Sprewell. and he's a Nick. Latrell Sprewell, he's still there? Uh, No. No, he's what? actually trying to provide for his family elsewhere what these days. What about Patrick Ewing? Uh, Pewing. No, he actually just got done. I think last year was his last year. I think. Oh, okay. so they're, they're really need, they're hurting. They're hurting they're, for yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah, they're really hurting Ooh, for talent. Rough game for well, them. Well, they do still have Joe Kim Noah. And, oh, I like him. Yeah, Michael Beasley. Oh, they got themselves a roster. He's still in the league. The reason why they're taking a an, an honorable mention L this week is because in their own city of New York. Now you know how New York is a big city. 
It, they call it the Big Apple. It, do they? Yeah, I don't know why. Is it in the shape of an apple? I've never understood that. Probably just because it's but big. But it's the Big Apple. Well, they have subways and trains and whatnot there. I, they they stow dead bodies in those bathrooms. No, 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 not the uh, not the subway sandwich shop that you talked about. I'm talking about actual subways that people ride on, like yeah, trains. Yeah, and in those bathrooms is where they put dead the bodies. homeless bodies that, gotcha. that, that die on the trains. Well, on the subways, they're now doing advertisements. I don't know who did this, but someone paid enough money to put on these New York subways in Nick's colors, blue and orange, hopeless with Joakim Noah on there and another <laughs> Nick player whom I don't know because, well, no one knows who plays for the Knicks these days. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Just named a starting five. None of them were there anymore. So they got a couple of Knicks players on the freaking subways that say hopeless across it. On the inside of the subway, the seats are orange and blue. They say, sit here if you're hopeless. Or the high point of the last 25 years was the movie Eddie. Don't really understand that, but it definitely is a shot at the Knicks. Uh, I do have who paid for the ads. Oh, Fox Sports. Fox Sports. FS1. FS1 paid for them. FS1 is the sponsor of these Knicks. Yes. Trolling ads on the subways in New York City. Wow. Fox Sports One. You kind of just won my heart a little bit because I can't stand the Knicks. I'm a Heat guy. Can't stand that channel. Can't stand the Knicks. And, and even people in New York can't stand the Knicks because they're riding these freaking subways. That's hilarious. One stuff. more of the seats, they say nothing will change until Dolan sells the team. So it's just literally, can you imagine being Joakim Noah hopping on the subway, heading into work, and you're surrounded by nothing but hatred? Well, then the Knicks are so irrelevant. I, I kind of just want to talk more about FS1. I actually do like the, cha- the channel. They got a lot of UFC stuff on there. So they're oh. not bad. But that whole show, the, the, the undisputed crap, I... Ugh. Well, they got Joy Taylor, man. Don't be hating. Oh, well, we know. We love Joy. We do love Joy. I used to watch that show religiously, and now I've just become, it's too scripted. So it's just ridiculous. I don't believe either of those dudes are actually arguing for points that they really believe in their hearts. They're just doing it for ratings, and it's like no, no truth, no realism there. So, Nick's, you get an honorable mention, L. And as always, Mr. Hugh Freeze. Oh, Hugh. Well, per- perennial miss, loser. Yes, he is. Remember, he had that—I don't know if you remember this, Walt. He had that old prostitution scandal in Tampa Bay over the offseason. Is that what happened? Yeah. That dog. Yeah, he is a dog. He loves uh, He loves Jesus, though. Let's go to the biggest winner of the L. Is this the one—the uh, biggest L? Yeah, this is the biggest— Because that can get conflicting. The is biggest the winner of biggest the L. Dub, biggest L. No, 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 it's biggest L, biggest dub. So this dub. is just the biggest L. This is the winner of biggest L. Well, maybe Bab's about to rename this segment because it's now his. Oh, okay. Well, for now, when it's my segment, it's Biggest L, Biggest Dub, and this is the biggest winner of the Biggest L. Just for the note, I'm going to rename it Biggest CFL Play of the Week. Okay, I'm going to rethink this and maybe scrap the segment <laughs> The show altogether. just got worse. Yeah. I didn't think it could get worse. Next thing you know, he comes in with CFL talk. Eric, I'll take your 10% that you give me. <laughs> All right, so the winner of the biggest L of the week is, well, I don't know his name, but he's the Celtics broadcaster. NBA preseason has began, has begun. I'm not sure how to say it, but it has started. And wow, I'm so excited because the NBA offseason is so short and it's just amazing. But NBA basketball is back. The Celtics are playing the other night. And the analyst for the Celtics is literally admitting, basically, I think he's doing a little bit too much locker room analysis. So let's go ahead and hear the audio. Bab? I took a look at Baines in the shower. He looks like all of Australia. (laughs) 
He is really put together. Hold on. Yeah, so this is live. Hold on. This Play is during the game. Wait a second. What is he talking about? He's talking about Baines in the shower. He's their Australian player. His name Baines? is Baines. Like Bane? Like Bane like Batman from Bane. Batman? Yeah, with an S. And he's from Australia. And supposedly this uh, guy. born in it. He saw him in the shower, and, uh, well, he was impressed. He was mighty impressed. Why don't you go ahead and play that I took a look at Baines in the shower, in the shower, in the shower. He is really put together. Dude, you know exactly. incredible. I think he stops himself from saying Baines hung and just goes ahead and carry it. Because why else would you say, I took a look at Bane in the shower. And he's he as was big about, as Australia. He was referring to a body part, though, when he says Bane's, like, ownership yeah, to something. I took a look at Bane's in the shower. S emphasis on the s Dude, that is weird. <laughs> Wait, can we play the full clip just one more time, Bab? I took a look at Bane's in the shower. He looks like all of Australia. <laughs> all of Australia. <laughs> he is really put together. <laughs> He's got a big Johnson, oh essentially, is what this guy's saying. Live on air, and, and the and the broadcaster, the play-by-play -play guy just has that awkward laugh, like, <laughs> are we really uh, doing this? Are we just lost our jobs? Thank you God just it's preseason. he's hung like Australia. That is just incredible. <laughs> so I don't know your name, Celtics broadcaster. You're lucky I don't, because I would be slandering yeah, you all I over the place. took a look at Baines in the shower. <laughs> in the shower, just, to be, just so you know, it wasn't on the court. Is in the shower. It's big. Because Australia, it's a continent. It literally, when I looked at it, it reminded me of a continent. Gosh, is that the best compliment you could ever receive? I think so. Him and Serge Ibaka, man. It's bringing the heat, bringing the hammer. The meat. But to that Celtics bro broadcaster, you are the biggest sell of the week. The who? Yeah. So is that the second? Is that it? No, 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 no. We, oh, do, you have, we do have a winner. Oh, Remember? you've got what I gave you. gave me one. Yeah, yes. all right. So, thanks for stealing my thunder, Walter. I don't have any honorable mentions. That I'm just going to be honest. So let's get right to the big show. Too busy eating sushi and wings. Last Thursday night, Washington State played USC. Actually, it was Friday night. Friday night football. It was beautiful. USC lost, meaning Washington State storms the field. It's a great party. Way to go, Washington State. So part of the biggest dub is you, Washington State. Great victory over Sammy D and company but the other winner is mike leach the head coach because he brought us some fantastic audio and the third winner is also just us because we got to indulge in the beautiful audio that is mike leach so the first piece here comes at halftime of this usc game bab go ahead maybe the Terrible execution. Play that again. Gosh, it's son of a gun. Is this my Jeez. fault? I, Who's I, fault? Who do we blame? I blame you. Okay. Known as a second half team, how do you change that and prevent that? Well, so are we. All right, like it. Thanks, coach. Well, so are we. Maybe the greatest, <laughs> shortest interview ever. It's literally five seconds. She says, "Hey, you know, coach, USC is a second half team." Yeah, so are we. And he dips, leaves the microphone, heads to the locker room. Just classic Mike, Mike Leach. I love it. Known well, as a second half team, how do you change that? So are we. Wish that sounded better. I wish we were better. But it's all right because Mike Leach followed it up after the victory. He's talking to ESPN. I think he's talking to Neil Everett or something like that on Sports Center. 
Everybody's going wild. Washington State's in a frenzy. We just beat USC. Wazoo, baby! Mike Leach, Mike Leach, what, what's the scene like out there, Mike? Like there right now. That's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, since everybody's got their clothes on. <laughs> and everyone in Lubbock, Texas is shaking their hands, palm to face. Why in the world did we fire that man? Seriously, dude. Well, just because he's not as sexy as Kingsbury, but he's way funnier, way cooler. He's talking about Woodstock, and he's kind of down. He was like, but everybody's got their clothes on. Kind of sucks, but it's a good time. It's a party. Big win. Way to go, Washington State. For Washington State and Mike Leach. And you know what that means? We just get more of Mike Leach because people are paying attention to the Cougs. So does Charlie Sheen have anything uh, anything to say about that? Or Ooh. Charlie. Mm. Looks like Bab's not really no. paying attention. No. I was hoping he was going to contact Charlie to get Charlie's thoughts on Mike Leach's big win. On the biggest dub of the week. Biggest dub of the week. I was hoping Charlie Sheen. Winning. Ah, there you are, Charlie. There Thank you go. You. A little late, a little late, but uh, better late than never. No Split Seats podcast, Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. We don't talk a ton of baseball on this show. What? Stop it, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, so the Major League Baseball postseason is here. Okay, can we just move on? Isn't that all we have to say? Hey, hey guys, no. in case you didn't know, baseball's here. No, it's postseason. here. It's, it's alive and popping. And uh, for those of you that want to see me pay off my bet that I lost to Bab, Bab and I made a bet at the beginning of the year that the Rangers would win the American League West, and uh, he said the Astros would win. Well, the Rangers did not win the American League West, and the Astros, well, they did. So I will be... Doing next week's show in a Houston Astros uniform, which we will make sure to film and put on our uh, on our social media sites so you can see that there. But we do need to break down what should be a great October in Major League Baseball. Oh, and to help God. us do that is good friend of the show, Mr. Kyle Yeomans. Kyle, thank you for coming on board and, and talking about this because I know I can't get any baseball knowledge from Eric, but you can help us. No one wants baseball hey, knowledge. This is, is is this Eric's idea for a segment, or is this a bad segment? You know me better than this, Yeomans. Are you kidding? Okay. Why, why would I, I do this? Yeomans, the last thing I want to do right now is talk to you about baseball, man. <laughs> I got to be honest. When I rank all the okay. all the crappy things I could be doing right now, this is at the top oh of the list. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they're, they're, we could talk Miami Dolphins football. I'm sure that's a lot worse than talking baseball. Pew, 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 pew. Damn, that's a low blow there, Yeomans. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, Juan Carlos Stanton was awesome this year, though. I mean, he was a lot of fun for your Marlins if you care about the Marlins. Derek Jeter is the new owner of the Marlins, huh? Oh, my hey, God. I saw a picture of his office the other day. I don't think it's up to the Michael Scott standard. I think it's very boring, and I don't think there's anything in there that's even remotely close to what an office should actually look like. Listen, man, he's going to be an owner of a baseball team. Boring is what he obviously <laughs> loves. Love. So can you blame him for having a boring office? It's, it's. Hey. I mean, the sport lends itself to it. Hey, this the sport lent him millions of dollars for being good at it. So I think he's okay with the school, with sport of baseball. Well, Kyle, if you've also if you've also seen the the women that he's dated before too, that's pretty big as well. That's true. The women are great. He's the got baseball, a great list. Probably the, one of the maybe the best list out there. Yo, know, it's he's pretty incredible whenever it comes to that that thing. I don't know, man. I don't think he's he's touching Wilt Chamberlain. I don't know. I, I I'm not up to date on on the Wilt Chamberlain list either, though. Oh, he's in the so twenty thousand. I, I couldn't necessarily get you. 
He's in the twenty thousands. I'm assuming. I mean, he's obviously got the the quantity situation yeah. going, but I, I, okay. I'm sure his quality is pretty high too. That makes sense. I mean, he's a champion. But Jeter's slinging it. I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's anybody else who, who's who's making headway like like Jeter is. Doesn't he give him a gift basket too at the end of every? I, I heard that. I heard he gives him a gift no, basket at I, the end. Some edible that's arrangements. An urban legend. I don't know if that's true or not. Myth bust it for me. I, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll hit up my sources in New York and, and I guess Miami now, and we'll see. You might have a better shot at it than I would. So. Fair point. Fair point. I'll get on it. Kyle Yeomans joining us on Nosebleed Seats Podcast, talking MLB postseason. Kyle, you got to uh, be the voice of a minor league, or really it was a summer league affiliate, but you see a lot of good college players over the summer. Um, how was that for you? And now that you've been able to watch the big leagues, did it really help you dissect the game? Man, that the summer of, of really just watching baseball was something that I've, I've dreamt of for a long time. I've always Baseball's always been my sport. It's what I played in high school. Uh, I came up to North Texas expecting to play here, but of course we didn't get a baseball team as quickly as we were s- supposed to. So uh, that dream was cut short pretty quickly into my college life. But overall, just being able to be down in College Station, and, and it was the Brazos Valley Bombers, a team down there in the Texas Collegiate League, and uh, they ended up winning their fifth straight title. So my ring's coming in in January. Uh, it, it's, it was a ton of fun and a lot of baseball. Got to watch uh, right around 50 games and call 50 games in about a three-month span gosh it uh, it sounds like heaven yeomans i mean literally when you're drawing up my heaven that's it and you're getting some jewelry (laughs) baby hey yeah it it, it ended up ended up well with the champagne celebration and we got all the championship hats and everything so it was fun any players Uh, we should be keeping our eye on coming up in the bigs uh well i mean there are a couple of them one of which is jared mang he was the league's mvp he plays for the university of new mexico lobos uh, he was flirting right around 400 for the entire summer. He's going to get drafted next year. He's a he's a top talent, uh, an outfielder that can also play a little second base as well. And then uh, a guy named Reed Morgan really impressed me. He's uh, He was originally at Oklahoma State. He transferred to San Jacinto Junior College. And then after that, he's going to go to a D1. Not really sure where. Texas A&M's on the top of his list. Uh, but he's a closing pitcher, and he can reach 97, 98 on the, on the gun. Uh, and he's just going to be a sophomore in college. He's got three three years left to kind of grow that arm and uh, be able to mature there. But he's going to be something to look out for as well. He's got definitely the, the raw talent, and he's got the baseball mind as well. Good kid. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, and kind of to answer your first question, looking at the MLB now, it, being able to, to be able to, to break down the games like I was able to over the summer uh, has kind of helped me in terms of trying to, to turn around and look at what – these different teams have going into the postseason and how that's really going to help them fare. Looking into this thing, uh, let's just jump into the teams in it now. We know the Twins and Yankees are playing as we speak for a chance to take on the Cleveland Indians. The Indians have been red hot this half of the year. What are you thinking along that American League side? We got the Astros and Red Sox, the Indians await, and these two battling tonight. How do you think things shake out in that American League? Excited, man. Excited. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think the Indians are the best team going into the postseason. But don't don't sleep on the Twins. I mean, they were up uh, on the, the Yankees early. They scored three runs in that first inning. That's a young team that uh, they lost 100 games last year. They went 59 and 103. They poked their way um, into that second American League wild card spot. They've got some talent in their, their lineup. 
They were first in the American League in the second half in terms of runs scored per game, and they they can definitely hit the baseball. They've got uh, a little bit less pitching than the rest of the American League teams do. Uh, that's going to be the thing that really sets people apart. This Astros Red Sox series, though, I know uh, I know Zach Babb's pretty excited about it, but man, the pitching and the lineups that are going to be showcased in that series is something uh, that if you even remotely have. Uh, a little bit of a baseball brain, you have to watch that series. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. Bab's literally chubbing right now as you talk about it. I'm seeing it happening in real time. He Yeoman's. started dancing. Yeah. He started dancing in his seat. It, well, in his pants. Oh, there you go. And I don't know, Bab, did you, have you been paying attention lately in, in terms of uh, the the starting pitchers for both teams were announced today? So it's going to be Chris Sale versus Justin Verlander in the first game, and that's a great matchup in itself. I mean, Verlander – even though he's a little bit past his prime, he's been 5-0 and with a 1.08 ERA in his time in Houston. So a change of scenery for the first time in his career has bid well for him. And then Chris Sale, of course, he's one of the best pitchers in the entire game. So I think overall, uh, man, that, that first game in the ALDS is going to be awesome between the, the Red Sox and Astros. And I know Bab's going to be glued to the TV for that one, unless – for some reason, there's some CFL on or something that he's got to watch. But other than that, no, he's, got, he's got the two screens going, Yeomans. He's got the two screens going. He's got going, the footy so. pajamas on, and he's ready to rock. Yeah, he's loving hey, it, man. Hockey season's around the, the corner, too, and the Stars are about to get playing. So he's got to get get that, that other screen up and ready, too. Yeah, Friday, Friday, I've got a CFL game. Saskatchewan's on. Stars play the Vegas Golden Knights, and it's game two of the ALDS. Oh man! So, yeah, you do have the three mapped the out. Three screens going. So we got How the uh, <clears throat> we got some quick putt coming your way, Yeoman. You you should be ready for that. That's just a little heads up. We got got a lot of quick putt. Bad's been turned on all off season, so he's got a lot. He's got a lot to let let out. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually covering the stars this year, so I'm I'm going to have to to get my uh, my quick putt knowledge up a little bit more than usual. Yeah, yes. maybe Bab. Maybe we can have some uh, fill-ins for Bab for some quick puck. We're always down for foursomes in the quick puck. And he loses yeah. his voice a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I could ever fill Bab's shoes when it comes to hockey or CFL football. I don't think there's anything close. Couldn't have said it better myself. Riveting stuff out of Kyle Yeomans. Yeomans, I want to get back to the championship celebration. All right, because you're the broadcaster, so it's like eh, you're a part of the team, but you're not like on the team. So you're kind, you kind of like you're kind of that awkward guy in the corner, but then it's like, Hey, we won the championship. You're a part of it. We're popping bottles together. How was it? Did you get champagne in your eye? Does that actually burn? I'm just curious. Did you have goggles on? Did they give you goggles? So no, I actually, I didn't have any goggles. I had Oakley's on because that was the closest thing that I Respect. had. I did, get a, did get a little bit in my, a little bit into my eye, but uh, I mean, the, the thing that's so unique about that summer is the fact that, I mean, I rode the bus with the team. I stayed in the hotel rooms with the team. I was with the team the entire time. The only time I wasn't with them was whenever they were on the field and I was in the booth. So, so you, were, was, you were you were constantly was, having to just, like, be the awkward guy standing all the time all summer. How, how was that? That must have been kind of tough. No, I mean, they're all college days guys. I mean, it's basically like hanging with a bunch of your friends. And, I, I mean, I had played Hanging with the boys! Yeah, exactly. So it, it was just like hanging with a bunch of friends that that were that were all there doing one re or for one reason that was to get better at baseball. I was there to get better at play by play broadcasting. So uh, we had the the common knowledge and the the, the I guess self awareness to be able to do that. I know 
for sure that I was not a part of the team. I did not help the the Bombers win a championship by any reasons. But whenever they uh, handed me a champagne bottle and said, "Hey, go crazy," I definitely did not turn that. No, turn hey that man, hey, hey, as long as you can admit it, man, that's all. I appreciate that. <laughs> It's amazing what a bottle of champagne can do. You should have seen Bab with the girl collection for that Mayweather McGregor. Oh, Yeomans, it was like a side of him you'd never seen before. I mean, the oh, the, the baseball chub he's got right now, it was it was nothing compared to the girl collection UFC chub he had going. Wow, that's that's something I'm gonna have to look into. Kyle Yeomans joining us on Nosebleed Seats podcast. Kyle, uh, the National League now. Um, we've got the Cubbies. They're looking to repeat. I think the Cubs and Nationals is the most fascinating first round series. Across the board. I think both of those teams are championship caliber teams. And then you get the Dodgers lurking in the distance. And, of course, the two wildcard teams, the Rockies and the D-backs. But can can the Cubbies do it again? Well, I, I don't know if you could necessarily say the Dodgers are lurking. I mean, they have the best record in baseball going through the 162 games. And, I mean, they were absolutely on fire, like, through the middle of that season from June 7th to August 25th, they were 56 and 11. I mean, they were they were the best team in baseball. wasn't even close. One of the best runs that we've seen in, in modern baseball history. But then you, you do have that little pitter patter to the end that they had, where they lost 16 of 17 games after that magnificent streak. But I, I think the Cubs definitely could do it again. It's going to be a lot tougher than last year. I mean, uh, the Nationals got better. The Dodgers got better. I think the Rockies are something to be to be aware of. Uh, going into that wild card game, I think the Diamond get, Diamondbacks as well. I think Arizona could potentially be uh, a little bit of a surprise player in the National League as well. As well, both the Rockies, Diamondbacks, both of those teams kind of overachieved this year. They've got talent. Uh, they've got some individuals. Colorado has uh, Charlie Blackman, and then on the other side, you have uh, the Diamondbacks with Paul Goldschmidt. So I think both of those teams are going to be interesting. But I think the Cubs. Man, they're, they're so good, and you could, you saw that again toward the end uh, of the regular season. They were a team that in the middle of the season, right up to the All-Star break, really didn't necessarily look like they had a route to the postseason. It was going to be a tough road for them just to get in, and actually I think they're like the first team to win the World Series and then turn around and be back like in the playoffs in a long time. I can't remember when the last one was, but it, it's been crazy that to see what the Cubs did last year and then them kind of just kind of find their way into the postseason. But with that kind of experience that they had last year, it's definitely something to watch heading into this year's postseason. Yomans, I do have one kind of important baseball question for you. You mentioned uh, Giancarlo Stanton earlier. Would you say that out of all the active players in Major League Baseball right now that he is the sexiest player in baseball? Oh, man. Uh, and you're talking straight appearance, or are you talking in the game, the way that he plays the game? Oh, no, straight yeah, appearance, definitely physical. not hair, because we already deemed Bryce Harper the best hair. Yeah, Harper's got yeah, the best hair, know, but I'm man. going top to bottom, best looking player in baseball. Oh uh, man, it's it's tough. I think you got to go with one of the Vegas guys. I think you either got to go with Bryce Harper or Chris Bryant. I mean, both of those guys are very good looking young men. I'm gonna do some I mean, research on Chris Bryant. I'm unaware of Chris Bryant, but I'm gonna Google search him now. Give him oh, a, give him a one to ten ranking. Let, let me know what that what that one to ten ranking is. Oh, I, I will. I think he's, a, he's a pretty good looking young man. I think Bryce Harper's up there too. The only thing with and, and Wolchuk already beat me to it, but the hair with Juan Carlos. Oh, I mean, yeah. oh yeah, the hair kind of it, it takes it from from 
what it could be and it kind of it kind of makes it a little uh mediocre in the middle of it there there is a little bit of what could have been with john carlo i i couldn't oh, agree with you more but his body is just he's so chiseled and, he, and he's got that beautiful complexion that that, that miami sun-kissed skin i just love it i'm gonna let <laughs> you have calm down over there all right Kyle. so chris bryant i'm looking him up yeah well let us know what you think in a moment here maybe his cubs are the team that kyle is destined to win it all shake up that crystal ball for me romans and tell me Who's going to the World Series and who's winning this thing? Man, it's so tough this year and, and, and really any year in baseball to, to just predict. It's so so hard to find out. But I think on the uh, I think on the American League side, and Babs going to hate me for it, I think the Red Sox are going to go to the World Series. They've got pitching uh, through the wazoo. They've got they've got some bullpen work. They've got one of the best lineups in all of baseball. I think they're going to outlast the the Astros in a tight series. It's going to go six or seven. I think they'll win that series. I think they'll blow past whoever uh, meets with them in the ALCS, be it the Twins, Yankees, or uh, or I'm forgetting the other team for some reason off the top of my head, the Indians. I think they'll beat the Indians too. Even though I think the Indians are really good, I think the Red Sox are going to be in the World, the World Series again. Uh, but I, I really – I'm going to have to give it to the Dodgers. I just think the Dodgers are too good. I mean, you've got Clayton Kershaw. You've got Hugh Darvish, uh, Cody Bellinger. They've got uh, Justin Turner, just guys all the way up and down that lineup. Yasiel Puig as well, uh, that, that are just going to be really too good to beat. They were the team all year long. They had that rough stretch to end up, and then uh, they, they kind of found their groove right at the end of the season, got to, to where they did end up with the best record in baseball. Uh, but I'm going to have to say Dodgers over Red Sox in about probably a six-game series. Yeomans, man, I got to give it to you. Good eye on this Chris Bryant, man. He's, he's a stud. He's a stud. He's got beautiful baby blue eyes, really nice smile. He's working that 5 o'clock shadow. He looks he looks like he belongs in GQ. I'm with you. We got hey, similar taste. Go. Hey, that's good. Uh, what was your 1 to 10 ranking? Oh, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I would land on about an, uh, gosh, I got to give him a 9.1 on this. If he was a little wow. bit more jacked, if he was a little bit more jacked, I, I'd give him a 10 because the face is beautiful. So we'll put on a little muscle. We'll come back next year and we'll give him a we'll give him a nine and a half. Well, you heard it here hey, first. Chris Bryant, indeed young. sexy. Yes, he is. <laughs> Top three in the league. I'll give it to him for sure. Hey, there you go. And Dodgers over the Red Sox in six. According to Mr. Yeomans, Kyle, it's been a pleasure having you on. We love working with you on Scott's Live as part of the Highland Park football broadcast as well. Let's make it a threesome. Hey, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Football season's continuing. I get to go uh I get to take a week off. No Highland Park, no North Texas. I'm going to go down to college game day in Fort Worth, and then I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to go to the Alabama A&M game in College Station Ooh, this weekend. So okay. You're I doing get, some, uh, work. some work. Yeah, I get, I get to do some fun things this weekend, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. That's cool. hot, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm going to be watching a live game, too. I'll be watching Cowboys-Packers live. Just Hey, man, Owens, we're just two guys watching live football games this weekend, man. No biggie. That's exactly right. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. I'll be at the Texas Youth Football League games. Um, Y'all have a good one. Take care, Kyle. We love having you on, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. Y'all have fun. Later, homie. Kyle Yeomans, ladies and gentlemen, uh, joined us here. I don't even know why I said y'all. I just kind of assume he's always with his girlfriend, Maddie, sweetheart that she is. And I have no doubt that he probably probably was. No Split Seats podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, and producer Bab. We're going to step aside briefly. That's the first half of the show. When we come back, we'll get a little weird. 
Albert of the Diamond Broker. Over the past 30 years, many jewelry stores have come and gone, but we are still here. We are Dallas's original Diamond Broker, and our A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and a proven track record with thousands of satisfied customers sets us apart. The Diamond Broker has been the go-to source for loose diamonds, engagement rings, and special occasion jewelry. We were one of the first companies in DFW to offer diamonds directly from the cutters. With over $2 million in loose diamonds to choose from, the Diamond Broker is the most respected wholesale broker because we guarantee the color, clarity, and cut of every diamond sold. We offer good old-fashioned value and service, no gimmicks and no hassles. When shopping for an engagement ring, a pre-owned Rolex, or special occasion diamonds, visit the Diamond Broker. Ask around. Someone you know has done business with us. The Diamond Broker, Dallas original diamond broker at Preston and Forest in Dallas or on the web at diamondbrokerdallas.com. Hey guys, this is Chris Sly, the fantasy guy from the morning rant. This is how the show is now. Coach is gone. We've gone completely monotone. I'm hoping that you're going to listen every weekday, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. This ain't like those other WBLZ shows, damn it. This is like Mr. T in the flesh. You know what I'm saying? Chains around my neck because they dangle low to my sandals with socks with WBLZ sandals. Because I got shirts and sandals and hats and pants and shorts and boxes and tattoos. Because I don't give a damn. This is the morning rant. Talk like it. This ain't the other shows. They don't censor us. They try to censor us. They do censor us because we ain't those other guys. We make those other guys quit. We made them tap out. They wear shirts that say tap out on them. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Real cool, bro. Yeah, real cool, you quitter. We don't tap out. We fight to the bitter end. Look at my teeth. You know what Looks like I fight with crack. But I don't. I fight sports fans. I believe LeBron James the greatest. Me, bro. Shut up. I don't want to hear that crap. This is the morning rant. This is WBLZ Sports. If you're a real sports fan, this is where you're supposed to be. If you're a cupcake candy cane world, this ain't where you're supposed to be. No candy cane. I already proved that once. I like cupcakes. Love cupcakes, Everything, just like if you're a cupcake, come around. I'll eat you too. This is the morning rant. WBLZSports.com. I'm the coach, my favorite. You want real sports talk? That's pretty good. <laughs> Chris I has nothing for it. That's it. Hey, this is Webb from the 8 Bit Bros, and I got to tell you, whether it be for your industrial, commercial, or residential needs, Gen Services is the electrical contractor for you. The Gen Services team has the expertise, commitment, and educational years to help you solve all of your electrical concerns. They have you in their best interest with helpful suggestions to accommodate your every want. Give them a call no matter the size of the job at 740-438-7173. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll get a discount. That's Gen Services, 740-438-7173. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, E. Glaze, one half of the dopest sports show on radio, the Crush Sports Talk. Check us out every Tuesday through Thursday right here on WBLZ Sports from 3 to 5 p.m. The dopest sports show on radio with your boy, E. Glaze, and Maceo Heard right here on WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. Nosebleed Seeds Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. That is the beautiful voice of Tom Petty. R.I.P. Legend. Unfortunately, passed Monday evening, late Monday evening of cardiac arrest. 
I'm so thankful that this song came on though because it kind of cheered me up after having to sit through that god-awful promo of all those WBLZ shows. I don't know. Listen, if you if you guys usually pew, skip, pew, 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 all, all, all you know is bleeders, if you usually skip that, please go back and, and just rewind it just a couple minutes. Sit through the toughest three or four minutes of your life, but, but laugh. Enjoy it. Enjoy the comedy because these guys are promoing their show, and I just wonder if we did a promo for our show, would it, it would probably be that bad if not worse. But I'm sitting through those, and it's like I can't think of anything I'd, I'd want to do less than listen to any one of these shows you guys you just promoted. The first one, I don't even know what the show is about or what it's called until about the 45-second mark of the promo. Hey, look. Your boy Iglaze is really the only one Your I remember. Your boy Iglaze. What about the Monotone Brothers? I don't know. Who are they? Uh, exactly. That's the one at the beginning. Okay, that's the about. one at the yeah. beginning. Okay, and then there's a bunch of uh, garbage in between, and then they pour some sewage on top right to finish it out. So I wonder if those guys get paid. Yeah, I don't know. You think so? Because, man, we uh, I'd like to think if we did it, we should do a promo first and foremost. We should because it'll be, comparable, it'll be comparably bad. Maybe worse. Mm. I think I, I, no. I, I think I we might have like, to do a man, spoof. We might be terrible. I don't think we can be that bad. Should we do a, a nosebleed promo? Should we do one right now? No, 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 we can't do one right now. We got to put time and effort and energy. No, to no, it. no. We can do it right now, and I bet it'd be better than any of those you just heard. We can do it right now, off the top of our heads. This is the Nosebleed Seats podcast on WBLZ Sports. Listen in to hear all your talk on Dallas area athletics and various other things, like pooping your pants at work, like Walchick did. See, just in 10 seconds, I got out what our show is called and what it covers. That's how it's done. Don't forget and to I tune in to Kyle Yeomans giving us the sexiest players in Major League Baseball. Kyle Yeomans talking about the Brazos Valley Bars. Yes. Gosh, nothing better than Summer League Baseball talk. The Thank Yodas you, Yeomans, for that. That was What's so worse, nice. Summer League Baseball talk or CFL football? Oh, coin flip. Well, CFL wins because, actually, no, CFL is better because it's football. It's, okay? That's my thoughts exactly, Listen, baby. man, it's still football. Even though it's not, it is, so we'll go with it. But it is, and it's not. The B in baseball stands for, we already know, boring as bleep. <laughs> what do you think? Who's going to the World Series? No? no? We're done? I don't even know who's in the playoffs. Okay. Well, we just went through The Astros that. are in the playoffs. Astros. I couldn't name a single player on the Astros. Ask me to name somebody on the Astros. Well, name somebody on the Astros. I physically can't. You could give me really? a, you could Nobody. give me a million options. You could give me a hundred years worth of lifetimes. I would not come away with a name for the Astros, you'd, I'd say you, you're, just, you're gonna have to just go ahead and you're gonna have to kill me. For a guy who does sports talk, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing, but I'm gonna spare you the embarrassment because now it is time to get a little weird with <laughs> Wolchuk. Thank God. It's time. Let's just get vaped out right now. I'm looking to get weird. That's weird, man. Time to get weird with Wolchuk, baby. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Weird, baby. Weirdy, weirdy, weird. Let's get weird. I got weird underwear on today on top of my weird pants. With Wolchuk, episode 33, edition out. Literally, I got my weird underwear on top of my weird pants. It's a new look. I think it looks good. What do you think? I think it looks like Superman. You have your weird shirt to go with it? Clearly, We're working on that. Clearly, Bab, I forgot it. We're so working on that. For pointing I'm that trying out. to get some made, like our show shirts. That were supposed to be made six months ago. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Whose job was that? <laughs> Looking at him again, drop the ball, the 10% that he gives me. Just not enough, folks. This is my segment, though, and by golly, I'm prepared. Yeah, we'll see about that. Got multiple stories for you. In fact, I'm going to preheat the oven because everybody likes a little bit of foreplay. Eric, yeah. what would you do for a pork roll? Literally anything. You like pork rolls then, I'm guessing. Sure do. What is a pork roll? Uh, it's a roll. Uh, it's got to be uh, a, some pork in a sandwich. I'm imagining like a pork slider. Like a hoagie? Yeah, yeah. Well, a New Jersey man punched another man several times over a stolen pork roll sandwich and is now facing charges. Wow. Listen, can't blame him. Hackettstown police say they were called to an apartment on reports of a fight over a stolen pork roll. Police found the victim with swelling on his face. <laughs> they say the fight early Saturday morning also may have started over beer and that the suspect and the victim, well, they, of course, knew each other. Police arrested the 19-year-old man on simple assault charges. Drunken pork fights, man. Man, I don't know that there's anything drunk, sober, indifferent that I would literally start punching my friend over. Not again. You know? Not since that one time. Not since that one time. I think that one time scarred me. You've learned from your mistake? Well, you know what? Don't put egg rolls in front of me and not expect me to eat them all. Was it the egg rolls or was it the beer? I wasn't sure. They seem to lean towards the pork rolls in this story. No, but for you, was it the egg rolls? For me, it was the champagne. Oh, it was the champagne. It was when I chugged that bottle of champagne. Mm -hmm. And you had no goggles on. You were spraying it all in your face. And I think the burning led to a little bit of irritation. When it burns, you need to go to the doctor. That's a sign you may have something. Then the liquor kicked in, and I just completely couldn't control myself. Is it itching as well, or is it just burning? Just a burn. Okay. Actually, I rubbed them a little bit. Wow. Next story I got for you. Let's stick in the line of where we kind of just went there. A little sexual. Oh, more pork? Where's the beans? Well, this one happens to be, and I've stayed away because there's been a ton of sex doll, sex toy, sex stuff stories out there. And I kind of was like, eh. Personal stories? No. Oh, okay. This is a sex robot story, though, that I think was a little too good to pass up. I, I thought you would have a lot of fun with this one. So there's a new sex robot out on the market. And to basically break it all down, I got some audio that explains to us what this sex robot is. Is Toys R Us going out of business? Got one of these on clearance right now? Any this chance? is Cut 11. Oh, it's sure as poo, not on clearance. This okay. baby is expensive. And it's even like, would you actually spend money on this? But probably yes. a couple of people have. So this is Cut 11, Bab. Let's hear about this new sex robot that's taken over the market. Meet Samantha. Hey, I dig it already. Face. She's the latest innovation in sex robotics. Nice and gentle. You heard that right. Samantha is not afraid to say what's on her mind. Barcelona-based engineer Sergey Santos has recently created a sex doll equipped with the latest advancements in artificial technology, who seemingly enjoys sex just as much as her human partner. Always. All the time. All the time. Samantha responds positively when touched and has different modes of interaction. She has romantic, she has family, and she has also sexy modes. Mm. But what really hey. turns Samantha on I'll is take letter C. Initially, she would like to be romantic, she likes to be kissed, and you get to a point where she wants 
to be sexual. Now then, what's next? She responds to uh, basically the G-spots and also the breasts. The objective is to get it to the orgasm. So if you were in the market for a doll, would you pay $5,400? Yeah! $5,400. <laughs> what was getting popped out there at the end? The that breasts. sounded a little dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so what really created this article was now this sex robot's out there. There's a convention in Australia that takes place. Yeah, you were there last year. You loved it. I did have Samantha out and about, and I'm glad that they didn't. But you were disappointed. Don't lie. No, no, no. I didn't know that Samantha existed. I couldn't be disappointed in something. That I, I couldn't see the few. I'm not a, a, a sex toy rope Yoda, okay? I'm the football Yoda. Stick to one craft. This robot was left out. I don't know if it was for trial runs. I don't know what was going on. Oh, trial runs, huh? But Everybody the, take their turn? The creator of this robot is livid because apparently Samantha keep it for himself. was completely destroyed by, quote, barbarians at this tech industry festival. <laughs> Guys are just coming over there and just basically do having non-consensual sex with this robot. Quote, the people mounted Samantha's breasts, her Sa legs, and arms. Two fingers were broken. <laughs> they assaulted her. She was heavily soiled, said Britain's Metro news site. Oh, you've been there. People can be bad because they did not understand the technology and did not have to pay for it. They treated the doll like barbarians. She wants to be romanticized first. Remember, that's the order. You can, She can be romantic. She can be family-oriented. She's a sweetheart, but then she likes to get in sexy mode sometimes. Why would you leave this doll out there to just be... Assaulted. It's, I mean, it's weird. Samantha, what? I don't want to say, I don't want to bring the R word to the show, You're but it sounds like thing. Samantha got a little bit of the R word. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It doesn't sound good. Rhymes with grape. Yes. $5,400 you're having people pay for this, and you're just going to leave poor Samantha out there to these barbarians. Damn, Sam. Poor Sam. Now, I will say, even though Samantha was badly damaged by these sex-crate Australians. She's going to make it out alive? Wow, I wonder if these Australians... I know what happened. It was probably Baines from the Celtics. Oh, yes. Baines coming was, over there with his hung like an Australian. She's just tearing this poor woman up. He's as big this as a continent. This poor robot just took a freaking continent to the face. I took a look at Baines in the shower. And my gosh, Samantha did too. Poor Samantha. How did she make it out alive? She must be concussed. No, she's all right. Apparently the... Uh, the man who created Samantha asked the doll, how are you? She responded, hi, I'm fine. She's okay. She is now going to be sent off for repairs. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to take some time off. It was actually really fun, to be to be honest with you. I'm a little banged up and a little damaged. I'm going to go to the IR, hit the DL. I'll come back in no time. Back and better than ever. Baines, get over here. Well, let's keep things... Um... Bring that continent. With accents. South Africa. You know South Africa. I know South Africa. I've been there. You're South African. I'm South African, baby. You are res you're our resident South African, Caucasian, American Jew. Right here on the Nosebleed Seats podcast. This is Let's Get Weird with Wolchuk. By the South way. South African, American Jew. How was Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur was okay. Thank you very much. 24-hour fasting. You made it? I made it. It was not fun. I had a terrible headache, but I made it. You look good. You look like you Thank lost you. a few. Well, I was trying to. God, maybe I should do that once a week. A Walsh rugby player 
had an unusual reason for missing a big game in South Africa. Oh, no. That's a no-no, man. That's like Lawrence Timmons not showing up to the damn NFL game in America. We'll, well, we'll send you to jail. A lion bit his hand. Can't say I haven't been there. Scott Baldwin was taken to the hospital to receive stitches and treatment against infection after ignoring instructions about not touching a lion during a trip to a game park in South Africa. Oh my God! What a schmuck. Now I've been to a lion park and I've ridden around, seen the lions. Your Snapchat was lit that day. My Snapchat was lit, baby. It was, it was incredible. You were bouncing around from cheetah to lion to monkey, just hanging out with them like you were friends. You looked like me and Jared Goff this weekend at AT&T. It just was Just like awesome. you've been there before hanging out with your buddies. I didn't get any wings and sushi, but it was still fun. And even I knew don't stick your hand out there. Even if the Lions look cute, you don't do that. Well, this rugby player decides to stick his freaking hand out, ends up getting bitten. He's bit. 20, 29 years bit. old, just bit right off, hand taken. Now, I don't think his hand was taken, but... A little JPP action? He had to go. He had to, he had to stay overnight in the hospital, and his coach had absolutely no remorse. His head coach, Steve Tandy said when you put your hand in a fence where there is a lion, then you're going to get bitten. It was pretty stupid on Scott's behalf, and he's pretty lucky. I think it's bit. It was a good environment, and we were told how far back to stand. So, no remorse from the coach. The team went on to lose their game. And it was his fault. to 25. All eyes on him for sticking his freaking hand out at a lion park and again almost bitten off. Listen, the good news is Jason Pierre-Paul has shown that you can blow off half your hand and still show up and be a professional athlete. So I think this guy's going to be okay in the end. But he's got no one to blame but himself. He got a little too overzealous with the cat. Lost a finger. Next story I've got here. And this is going to be bam, cut 12. We got more? I got more. Wow. You know we love a good robbery. Always. Oh, we love good robberies on Let's Get Weird. Well, this one in Henderson, Kentucky, wasn't just your average robbery, Bab. Take it away. Who's that at the door? Coke, is it? The pause that refreshes and allegedly robs a restaurant. A man wearing a Coke bottle costume used a gun in the crime, police say. The felonist refreshment made off with $500, they add. Maybe the crook should take a lesson from other Coke bottles and learn to get along. I like to teach the world to sing, sing with me. Cops in this Kentucky town urge anyone with information about the real thing to come forward so they can put the Coke side of life behind bars. So this guy's dressed in a Coca-Cola bottle suit goes behind this store. Manager walks out, opens the door for him. He sticks a gun in the guy's face. Give me your money. Walks out of there with 500 bucks. Police are still trying to find out who this man was in the Coke bottle suit. It was a Coca-Cola mascot, really. I mean, maybe it's a little uh, early Halloween gag. Got 500 bucks out of it. Cops can't find it. How funny is it? Cops are literally searching all over the place for a Coca-Cola can. They can't find him anywhere. It's a great deal because once you get out of the can, no one recognizes you. It's like, how do I know what he looks well, exactly. like? He was wearing a freaking mascot No costume. one knows. You can't even identify the guy. Excuse me. Did you see who robbed this store? Yeah, it was a, should be a guy. Do we know that it was really a guy? We think it was a guy, but they were wearing a Coca-Cola suit. 
Yeah, he was uh, all red. He was in a can. Mm, yeah, no. A lot no. of carbonation Couldn't coming out of his you. head. By his voice, though, I think he was a man. Good luck. Can't find him. Things that happen in Kentucky. Now, that is smart robbery, my friend. No, that actually is brilliant. This guy is a trendsetter. I bet we're going to see this again, only they're probably not going to execute it as well. I wish we had this guy's name so I could just congratulate him, give him the biggest dub of the week. And if I'd have known about this, he would have gotten an honorable mention dub. Yeah, well. Thanks for nothing. You can give it to him now. Who said you can't? No, Coca-Cola guy. You get an honorable mention dub. Congratulations. Woo, there we go. When I find out your name, I'm going to say it on air because you deserve that. We'll keep you posted. That's Let's Get Weird with Wolchuk, episode 33 edition. Shadobi. Nosebleed Seats podcast, Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bam. We already talked about Washington State upsetting USC, probably the biggest game of the weekend. The other ones... Hey, your Miami Hurricanes routed the Duke Blue Devils. Sure did. 31-6. Now, now it's FSU good. week. FSU's not looking the same. I like what my Hurricanes are doing, man. It's nice having a scrambling quarterback. He's not phenomenal. He's not the best scrambler you've ever seen, but it's, I'm used to having a freaking statue Eli Manning-esque quarterback for the last handful of years. Finally, we got a guy that can move around. It How's feels that RB? Nice. How's that RB looking? Mark Walton, absolute stud. Amon Richards. Remember this name. Amon Richards. Sophomore wide receiver as a freshman last year. He was dominant. He's a big body, 6'3", 6'4", guy. He was dominant as a true freshman last year. He's been injured the first few games with a hamstring this year. Played his first game on Friday night against Duke and had over 100 yards and a touchdown. The dude is an absolute beast. Amon Richards, Mark Walton, those are the two Miami Hurricanes names you need to remember, especially when it comes to NFL draft time. But otherwise, college football, I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about Clemson and Alabama. They're on another collision course. They're head and shoulders, the two best teams in the country. And and we might as well just fast forward the season. Because two, so. two of the four, two of the four playoff spots locked, locked and loaded. loaded. Yep. You I said can, it. Jinx, you owe me a Coca-Cola. You owe me a Coca-Cola. And five hundred bucks. Woo! What if I want a Pepsi? No, no, no. Coca-Cola. Dr. Pepper. We're we're getting in the bodysuits together. We share a suit. Hopefully. Yeah, man, you're right. Alabama just rounding Ole Miss by 63. They could have put up 70 on them if they really wanted to. And Clemson. Thanks, you Freeze. On the road against the 12th ranked team in the country, Virginia Tech, just killing them 31 to 17. Yeah, they look head and shoulders like the two best teams in the country. And they very well could meet in a rematch. Now, Penn State with Saquon Barkley, I'm giving these boys a chance. That, oh, that my dude, God, Saquon. We can't say enough about him. He's a freak of nature, man. He had a 98-yard kickoff return for a touchdown to open the game he on does Saturday. everything. I mean, you, you, I bet if they put him out there on defense, he'd find a way to turn it over and score a touchdown. I'm trying to figure out why they use him so dang much. It's like, dude, why is he your kickoff returner? Granted, I know he just scored a touchdown because of it, but you got your starting running back who's the reason why your team is any good. And you're going to play him. I mean, I feel like they probably got him running down on punt return. He's probably on punt on the punt team. Yeah, you don't want him on I mean, that, He's doing though. too much. He could get ear holes. He's that's, making tackles. That's not what we're looking for. I mean, literally, I see him everywhere. Why? I'm like, why is Saquon Barkley playing linebacker right now? There's no reason for this. He's not, though, but he should. He's a top five. He's a top five pick in the draft next year, and he's playing special teams. I like Penn State. I think they've got a shot. In Georgia, a team that we knocked last week. Look, Kirby Smart's doing good work there with the Bulldogs. They kicked Tennessee's rear 41 to nothing on the road. Butch Jones, man, that face. That face is about to get fired. First home shutout loss for Tennessee since 1994. Look, Tennessee and LSU both getting embarrassed at home. LSU losing to Troy. LSU paid Troy $985,000 to come into the Valley. On their homecoming. And whoop 
that Tiger ace. Embarrassing for those two SEC schools. But Georgia, look, hey, that Georgia-Alabama and the SEC championship game will be a good game. Still think Alabama will win. But Georgia can make things interesting, especially since Kirby Smart, from that Nick Saban coaching tree, knows the facility, knows the scheme a He does bit. know the facility. I think the fact that he understands where, the especially all knows. the... He understands where all the offices, he understands where all the bathrooms, the weight rooms you are located. put a little something-something in there for Saban and the players. Maybe they have a bad... Uh, they slip and they fall. Oh, you're trying to set them up for failure there. I trying to a little spike their little milkshakes. Hey, the NCAA protein dirty. shakes, it's make them sick before league. the game. Yeah, just a little bit of whoop-de-doop-de. I like that. Hey, you know where they eat, baby. You've been in the building. That's true. Kirby, know, he hit. Listen, he knows the he knows the blueprints. He knows the floor plans. That's gonna help him win the game. And then there's Washington. Washington's the only other team that I think has a shot at making the playoff too. They just keep winning. Washington and Wazoo, Washington State, and on a collision course to see who can get in there. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State for your Big Twelve fans out there. That was a fun one. It was a good game. Oklahoma State squeaked it out. I think you were there, weren't you, Bab? Did you go to that game? In Lubbock, how was it? Bab was live at a football game. I was live at a football game. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty lit. Hey, so was uh, I. Texas Tech's defense. Texas Tech would have won that game handily if they had half. But still, they have no defense. No because D. This is Texas Tech football. Hmm. Nothing worse than no D on a Saturday <laughs> night. Am I right? Am I right? Yep. Can I get a hey hey amen? Yeah, you can. Amen, brother. Yeah, next week, uh, I think it's definitely highlighted by Florida State-Miami. What do you think? Oh, uh, yeah. What are you thinking? What, what, what are you feeling Oklahoma. about that? Uh, I'm always nervous. I'm, it's always going to be a good game, and this is kind of the year where it looks like Miami's got things going a little bit more. FSU's more the underdog, Yeah, even though Miami's going to be on the road at FSU. Listen, it's like a division game. It's a rivalry. You know each other so well. It's going to be good. Even when Miami's been bad these last few years, a lot of times the game is still a decent game. And so this one's still going to be good. FSU's got a lot of good players. They just got a true freshman quarterback who's 6'5", 104 pounds. It's like the skinniest dude you've ever seen. He looks malnourished out there. It's not going to work for him. I think Miami's got it done. Malik Rogier, Mark Walton, and Amon Richards. We're going to be coming away with the W. Now, you're the football Yoda, so I don't know if you've had a vision yet or if it's going to be, in, you know, night before the game that your vision comes to you. But do you have Miami any will sense? win. Miami's oh, going to win. Oh, you've yeah, already no, seen it, it. It's done. Miami wins. You're yeah. not, no fuzz? Not even close, man. Miami wins in a route. Wow. Yeah. Oh, God, that makes me feel good. Yeah, don't worry about it. Your Canes are going to go into uh, Tallahassee, and they're going to escape still ranked with a win. It's going to, you know. So we're going to fit. That means we'll probably be a top 10 team because we're 13th ranked in the country. Right at 13. I don't know that you're going to see any of the top 10 lose is the problem, but they could hover around there. Let's hover, man. I'm down to hover. West Virginia TCU. Let's see. That's a game. TCU in the top 10. That's a tough one at home. Game days in TCU. But otherwise, I mean, game I don't, days in I don't, Fort Worth. Yep. Game days in Fort Worth. Yeomans is going to be there. Well, game days really in, uh, in Michigan for Michigan State, Michigan. Really? That's, that's the big one, which. Uh, I think Michigan beats Michigan State, but in spite with, of with, uh, with spite, in spite of spite, maybe he turns it over and Spartans get the upset. I don't know. I don't have a vision on that one, but I don't see Clemson or Oklahoma losing. I don't think that Georgia's going to go on the road to Vanderbilt and lose either. So I think your top 10 will probably stay for the most part intact, but certainly an impressive win for Miami would be good for them. You do have Wisconsin going to Nebraska, and while Nebraska has been bad this year, that's the best place I've ever been to to watch a game. I mean, they come out and support their Huskers. That can be in a hostile environment. There's a game Nebraska gets up for. It would be to knock off the number nine ranked Badgers. So that might be.
if you want one of those top 10 teams to fall because you know Bama's going to go into College Station where Yeomans will be and absolutely kick those Aggie behinds. Couldn't have said it better myself. Again, all you need to know about college football is Clemson and Alabama collision course, unless my Hurricanes have anything to say about it. I like Penn State and Washington getting in there as well. We'll see Saquon Barkley, best kick returner, running back, linebacker, safety, punt returner, punter, and long snapper in all of college football. Heck, let's give him the Heisman because he deserves it. He's earned it, baby. I actually saw him with a headset coaching on the sidelines there in the fourth quarter. He really does it all, man. I'm proud of the guy. Bab, get him on the show. Yeah, what are you doing with that, Bab? Why haven't we got him on here yet? Get him on the Nosebleed Seats podcast. Should we wait till we go live at Penn State? I have us hooked at the girl collection for the next seven shows. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's for selfish reasons. You want to get back to candy. Serious note, Or was it chastity? Can't remember which one you were loving that night. Cinnamon. Oh, I think it was all three, Bab, you son of a gun. Man. All right, I'm down. I'm not mad about it. Love me some girl collection. Nosebleed Seats podcast. Zach Wilczek, Eric follow producer, Bab. Let's look back on week four in the National Football League. We already talked about the Cowboys enough. That's fine. Football Yoda went ahead and he, he put in the call that the Packers would beat the Bears. That, that was a good one. Also went ahead and said that the Texans would beat the Titans. Okay, so we're looking back at Football Yoda's predictions for last week. We're, uh, we're we're going through what happened, yeah, last week. So and Yoda, he, he had a pretty good he had a pretty good week. Did you talk with him about it? Did he feel good about it? Or? Yoda felt good about it. Now he was heartbroken for Derek Carr and the Raiders. Yeah, that is, and it was just a bad back fracture, Both those man. Games, that's man. weird. Uh, Carr's hurt. Mariota pulls that hammy, and hammies can linger. Oh yeah, and, like the hammies are like farts. I always say it, man. They have a tendency to linger. And both those teams need those guys to have a chance to win because their backup situation, not good. Matt Castle came in against Houston. They just signed Brandon Whedon. What are you talking That's about? A, They're going to be fine. Tell me, dude, how the heck does nobody go out there and sign Colin Kaepernick? What do you mean? You don't know I why? I don't you understand You're not sure what it is? Maybe no. uh, nothing with anthems and knees and... Oh, get over it. I'm over it. Listen, but that's Jeez, the reason why. If you're asking petty. why, that's the reason. I know it's petty, but that's the reason. Do you want to win games? Oh, I want to win games, well, baby. So I want to win all they. the games. And you're telling me Brandon Whedon gives you a better chance to win than Colin Kaepernick? That's what you're telling your fan base get out of here i bet texans fans would gladly welcome or titan fans or raider fans i don't think those not texan fans i don't think Titan fans are raider fans texan fans are are just all over deshaun watson they got themselves a superstar i don't think the southern fans of one tennessee would really like the idea of having mr kneeling colin kaepernick at the helm i just don't see that when you're winless without Marcus Mariota, and all of a sudden a team that had division title aspirations are through the tubes. I hear you. Now, there's no excuse for the Raiders. The Raiders have never cared about saving face. That's You're true. telling me Colin Kaepernick's not better than Connor Cook, who wherever the heck EJ Manuel you put out there? EJ Manuel. You got to go Colin Kaepernick in that situation. Yes. But you can say that about so many different quarterback situations okay, sure. right now where Colin would be better. But this is what we said in the offseason when we talked about that. this. We said Kaepernick's only chance was injuries in season. Here are the injuries, and you're still seeing everybody bypass this poor dude. He's got no hope of ever playing in the league again, man. I agree 100%. He is no longer going to play. The fact that the Titans didn't even call him. They're calling freaking Matt Barkley. They're calling... Brandon Whedon, obviously, the 34-year-old Brandon Whedon. They're calling all these nobodies 
they didn't even give a ring to Colin Kaepernick. And so that's how you know these teams aren't even, he's not even far of consideration. Even though when you talk about, and we talked about this with Dallas, if, if, you know, a while back, if Dallas would be interested in maybe having him as a backup because he's got a similar athletic ability, kind of like Prescott. He, he's got a similar style to Mariota as well. It doesn't seem like you'd have to change up that read option offense. It seems like it fits Kaepernick to a T. He'd slide right in and be way better than Brandon Whedon. Not going to happen. Now the Titans are 2-2, two two, as are the Raiders. The Raiders probably in a worse scenario. You've got Kansas City at 4-0, looking like the best team in football up to this point. The only undefeated team through Week 5. That's crazy. The NFL, what is happening? Do we know anything? I don't think we do. We don't know anything. The Yodas know some. NFC yeah, well, the Yodas, Yodas, 3-1. They're different. They're football different Yoda, breeds, 2-1 with an asterisk next to the 1 because of the injury. You're talking Jedi, man. You're talking Jedi. You're not talking human But beings. I don't think any any of us know what the heck's going on. The Patriots are 2-2. Two two. If you had have said, I bet you 100 bucks the Panthers beat the Patriots. I'd have taken that bet mm -hmm. and thought I was going to be hundred bucks richer. Cam Newton, who struggled in the Panthers, who have looked atrocious through the first three games, they're three and one, and they're coming out of New England with a victory. Last week, we thought New England was pretty dang good, and we thought Cam Newton sucked. We woke up Monday morning and think, "Wow, Cam Newton, MVP form 2015." New what? England, are, are they done? Are the Bills going to win that division? By are way? the Bills the best team in the AFC East? It's certainly looking like it. I thought the Cowboys, I, I, I went to bed Saturday night thinking, you know, the Cowboys, they got a pretty decent offensive line. Woke up Monday morning and thought, I don't think the Cowboys have a top 10 offensive what line. What the heck happened? I mean, all these things that I thought I knew, I don't. Big, I don't think anybody knows. Nobody knows. Big in, we, look, last week's show, you said, all right, I think the Lions and the Vikings are two pretty good teams. I think I know that they're good. Well, now the Lions probably still good. Vikings put up seven points in a losing effort, and they've lost their star, Dalvin Cook. I thought the Vikings were good. Woke up Monday morning. Vikings, they're in trouble. I mean, Trubisky's about to start. Trubisky's about to start for the Bears. I'm so excited. It's Trubisky season. Woo, it's Trubisky season, baby. Trubisky time Monday night. How do you feel about that? Getting your first start, Chicago Bears. You got no receivers. I mean, literally right now off the top of your head, because can anyone name me a Chicago Bear receiver? Go. Kendall Wright. I, I don't even know. I can't even tell you if you're right or wrong. You might just be making that up right now, Walchick. No, I, I can't even tell yes. you a Bears receiver from like a few years ago. I can tell you, okay, Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall. I cannot tell you a receiver for the Bears today until Kendall Wright just, I literally just discovered Kendall Wright was no longer on the Titans. Well, their number one I receiver. I just got that news. Is their stud five foot six running back from North Carolina AT, Mr. Tariq Cohen? Your Jewish brother. Yes, he's a stud. He's their number one guy. How do you think he handled Yom Kippur this weekend, having a game on Sunday? Well, he and had not a game on Thursday night, which I think the scheduling worked out perfectly. Oh, for him. wow. You think they did that for a reason? I think, I think the schedule makers did that for a reason. They were catering to their Jew. Yeah. For my boy Cohen. You got to have love for that. The Broncos Ooh. are 3 and 1 after that win over the Raiders. No, what, Bab's what, got what the Bab's got, got Bab. Give got? it to me, Bab. Uh, Deontay Thompson. Never uh, heard of him. Josh Bellamy. Never in my life. Uh, Tariq. Oh, no, that's running back. Tariq Cohen. He's their number one receiver, though. Yeah, lol. Uh, He's also Jewish. Yeah. So. Of the uh, seven players they had catch passes last week against Green Bay, only two of them are listed at wide receiver. Mm. So Trubisky steps in on Monday night. He's throwing to a Bellamy and a and a right. God help me if I know who those guys are. Feeling bad for old Mitch. 
Hey, good good luck, Mitch. Good luck out there. Pulling for you, Mitch. Hey, uh, the Giants are on four. What did I tell you? They're on four. Now that was a little bit of the NFC East Yoda, so I, I I really can't take the credit. It was all him. The visions they came and they were clear. Nick Folky Folk. I told you before the season that offensive line is so bad. I don't care how good the defense is. They got a statue quarterback. Defense hasn't even been that hit. good. Yeah, yeah, they haven't when, been that great. As a team, they've been they, they've given up the two game-winning field goal drives the last two weeks. Every skill position can be Odell Beckham Jr. It's not going to matter. Their offensive line consists of garbage. Tell that to the Seahawks. I will. They're 2-2. Two when, two. when they barely put up 15 points against the freaking Colts in the first half. Well, they put up 46 at the end of the day. I mean, it's yeah, not how you start, it's how you finish. Oh, okay, Cowboys. It's true. They put up 22 points in the third quarter, man. Their offense exploded in the second half. So what do you say about the Cowboys offense that did the opposite? Cowboys coughed it up and gave it away, man. It's not about how you start. It's how you finish. And they didn't finish. That's why they lost. Sucks. It does. It hurts. But we're moving on. Are we? Yeah, I'm not talking about the Cowboys here. I devoted a whole segment to the Cowboys. All right. You sure you got this nothing left? This one ain't about them, Eric. All right. All right. Seahawks also lost a player. Chris Carson, upstart rookie, broke his ankle. And Cliff Averill, I heard, is going to be out for a while. That that lessens their pass rush a little bit. I'm sure they have plenty of depth on that D-line, but still, he was a stud. That's true. The one team that told NFC Shiota, uh-uh, not today, was the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that was his one mess up They're there. now 3-1 and, and sitting atop the division. How you feel about that? I'm not that worried. I wouldn't be either. The only... Ah, the Redskins, even though they lost to the Chiefs, the Redskins, Redskins are stingy. The, 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 the defense is much better than I thought they were going to be, even Best though Norman's going to be out. Division to definitely, this point. definitely. Best defensive line still with the Eagles, but as a whole, But Fletcher Cox unit, and some people have gotten injured for Philly. I don't know how long they're going to be that's out. That's true. But Washington's doing pretty good stuff right now, so that's the team that I'd be more concerned about over Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I'm overall, and Washington's always played Dallas, even when they haven't been good. Those are always dogfights. The Redskins and Cowboys play tough, close games. So I couldn't agree more. And then the overtime slugfest disgustingness that was Arizona and San Francisco. Cardinals outlast, and then the Jets are 2-2. Two and two. Who would have thought that? The Giants 0-4. That's another the one. Jets 2 and 2. I thought the Jets were a bad football team when I went to sleep Saturday night. Woke up Monday morning. Hey. Maybe you thought the Jags were good after that waxing of Baltimore and London? Jets are in the thick of things right now at 2 and 2. I mean, they're just like everybody, everybody's average. No one's that good. The Chiefs are undefeated. Okay, we already know the Chiefs are going to win 12, 13, maybe even 14 games. We know they're going to lose in the first or second round of the playoffs. That's a guarantee. So who do we know that's good in football? I don't. I could always hang my hat on New England. Can't anymore. New England will be fine. Uh, I don't know, man. Bills are doing things. They this AFC East ra- race of the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jeets is... Yeah, it's I'm on fire. This. It won't be much of a race after Thanksgiving. If you say so, Coach. I know so. Nosebleed Seats Podcast, Zach Wolchick, Eric Chiafalo, Producer Bab. We'll be back to preview Week 5 in a moment. But now, it's time uh, to talk a little bit of what's going on in the world of entertainment. Woo! Yes! Guys, uh, there's news. There's news. There's Conor McGregor news. Really? Yeah, there's a little bit. I mean, he's been in the news this week. He finally spoke since uh, the loss to Floyd Mayweather. Of course, what do you think he said? No, he he's literally been mute for six weeks. Yeah, I mean, literally. he hasn't talked to anyone. Nobody. Not his wife, not his newborn baby. He's been... Been a monk. Well, I think he did talk to his bank teller once, but that was the only exception. Just had to cash a check, maybe fat checks. Well, Connor, uh, 
Of course, he came out and he said, look, if they were to do that baby over, he'd win in a rematch. I don't, you know, we're not going to see it, so it doesn't matter. The important thing was, what are you thinking in your UFC future? He pretty much said, yeah, of course, Nate. Nate's in the picture. He was talking about Nate right after the Mayweather fight. But he said, Nate, watch out. Don't outprice yourself. Reports have said that Nate's not even going to consider signing a contract unless the UFC offers him 20 mil for the fight. I said, man, I'm not necessarily going to wait around for you if you're not going to work with the UFC on this. I might just have to see what happens with this interim lightweight championship fight this Saturday night in UFC 216 between El Kakui and Kevin Lee. You say Kakui? El Kakui. That's Tony Ferguson's nickname. T-Ferg. El Kakui. Yeah, which will be a good fight. UFC 216, by the way, this Saturday night. We've teased it quite a bit. Mighty Mouse trying to set the record for most title defenses in UFC history as he takes on Ray Borg. And then the co-main event is that UFC lightweight interim title fight. Tony Ferguson versus Kevin Lee. You Conor McGregor fans out there, the winner of that one, that could be Conor's next fight to unify the belts. That's something Conor said. Look, if, if the Nate Diaz fight doesn't happen... I've always had people knocking on me for not defending belts, not honoring the rankings. I might just have to come back and do that to shut that side of the world up. And uh, either way, I wouldn't be upset because then it means you at least get Connor two more times in the octagon to unify that belt and then to fight DS3. He will not retire before that rubber match happens, but I don't think it's going to happen by the end of the year. Coach Kavanaugh, Connor's coach, said in his perfect world he would love mcgregor ds3 to happen on saint patrick's day Ooh, in new york city when the beer is a flowing Ooh, how crazy <laughs> would that be man Bab, are you okay over there man you're coughing you're that yeah, excited, sorry i didn't huh? even realize i had my mic on yeah you're literally coughing saint and... patty's day in nyc Sick. that would be something yeah it would be something they're in the big apple he can ride a new york knicks trolling subway to the arena I think he would love to do that. Who wouldn't love it? That does it for the UFC news in, uh, in in movies. Thought that would never end. I saw one. Did you really? I did, actually. I did. Was it a uh, box office hit? It was not a box office hit. In fact, it finished third place this weekend in the box office. Kingsman, the Golden Circle, won it with just under 17 mil. It was actually a tie for the top spot between Kingsman and It. The third place movie, American Made, starring Tom Cruise. Tommy. That actually looks pretty good. I'm excited to see it. You saw it? I saw it. Thumbs up, thumbs uh, down, even though I don't trust you anymore on your movies because you like the movie It and the movie It sucked? I would give it a thumbs up. Okay. Two? No. Okay. I'd give it one. Single thumb. I'd give it one thumb. A JPP thumb. I think it was a good movie. It was an entertaining watch. It was a pretty cool story uh, overall for the most part. Something I didn't know about. So essentially, Tom Cruise plays a TSA pilot was approached by the United States government, meaning the CIA, about getting involved in taking pictures of communist armies that are that are in other countries in South America. So it's during kind of the Cold War era. So he's a photographer. So he's he's not he's a pilot, but hmm. they, they give him a special plane where he can fly over and the plane will take pictures. So all he's got to do is click, 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 click these buttons, take these photos, and he's giving the CIA and the government great information on where these bases are so that they can, you know, do whatever they're going to do, attack them, whatever it is. He ends up also getting brought into 
the Medellin cocaine drug cartel trade as well, being able to... I mean, he might as well make his money any way he can, right? Been there, done that. So that's really what it's all about, based on a true story about Barry Seal, uh, who is the character that Tom Cruise plays. I don't want to give away too much, but man... Please don't. Just don't trust the American government. Don't do it. Just don't trust them. They ask you to do something... You're probably going to feel like you don't have much of a choice, and you probably don't, but they're not going to have your back. That's for damn sure. They're certainly not going to cover your back. They might have your head. Probably will. Probably not going to live. Well, this was enlightening. Coming out this weekend, Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner 2049. Did you ever see Blade Runner? Harrison Ford? No. No, you'd like it. Harrison Ford? I'm a a Harrison Ford guy. Blade Runner 2049 has Harrison Ford and our boy Ryan Gosling. All right, so I'm 100 percent Definitely in. a movie you should see. I'm a Gosling lover. Yes. Who it, isn't? It looks good. I mean, uh, did you see the movie Arrival that came out last year? Nope. With Amy Adams? Did not. It was a good movie, nominated for Best Picture. Dennis Villanueva, who directed Arrival, is also directing Blade Runner 2049. It's got rave reviews, so it could be a potential box office smash hit. Teasing ahead to next week for this segment. I've been watching an, a new show on Netflix called American Vandal. Sounds hot. You should watch it, man, because it's right up our alley. It's basically a spoof show that's spoofing uh, American crime story and kind of making a murder a little bit. So it's basically a mock documentary over a kid that's been expelled. A mockumentary. A mockumentary about a kid who's been expelled from school for vandalizing 27 cars in the faculty parking lot by drawing a phallic symbol on them. And I guess you could use your imagination as to what that symbol might be. Was it an Australian continent? It certainly was. Dang, dude. So it's funny. It's funny. That is right up my alley. You'll recognize the kid, I'm sure, who uh, is the main character in it that plays the kid, that's the guy that's being suspended. He's a YouTube star. He was in a lot of total frat move YouTube videos. Does he play for the Celtics? Is his name Baines? No, I don't think he's not Australian, so no. Oh, okay. No, but you'll recognize him when you see him. But American Vandal, I'll let you know what I thought about the whole show. I'm about four episodes in. It's pretty good. Each episode's about 30 to 40 minutes. Some of them might maybe could be even shorter, but if you're into that kind of college stupid humor, give it a shout. You'll like it. I think it's only eight episodes and there's one season. You'll dig it. I'm in. I mean, 100%. Anytime there's drawings of that sort of thing, I'm I'm a guaranteed guaranteed watch. I know you love a good Australian continent. Yes, I do. And that is our quick entertainment news little segment that we can get in there to keep the flavor flay fresh on the Nosebleed Seats podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. It is at this time of the show where we wrap up looking ahead to NFL Week 5 the Yodas are out. They are joining us now in the studio. We've got football Yoda. We've got NFC East Yoda. Hey, boys. What's up, guys? How are y'all doing? Well, I'm, I know I'm doing good. NFC East Yoda, I'm sorry. I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, doing fantastic. Football Yoda, I think he's good, too. I'm feeling, I know, as NFC East Yoda, I'm feeling really good about what happened last week. Well, three you know one. what? You, you were red hot last week, so I'm going to let you take the reins. Let's go through this NFC East, baby, and you tell me, NFC Yoda, I need to know, are my boys finally going to get a win over the Packers at home? 
Haven't done it since 07. The last year Brett Favre started for Green Bay. Listen, man. As NFC East Yoda, I hate doing this to you. Oh, you don't do it. I hated doing it to you last week, and I hate doing it to you no, this week. Oh, you are not. But I can't compromise my vision. Oh, my gosh. I got to be honest to the people. Cowboys are going home with another L. That's going to be two in a row. Oh, my goodness. Two and three going into the bye. Are you kidding me? It's a sour taste in your mouth. What's it doesn't gonna feel happen? good. I need more from just like, oh, they're going to lose. Aaron Rodgers is going to be so pinpoint. It's going to make you think that last year he was awful in the playoff game. I mean, that's how good he's going to be. Martellus Bennett gets a score. No. Yeah. Even though they have Montgomery out, I don't even know the name of the starting running back that they have now. Aaron Jones. Jones. That's right. Thank you. My vision was... The UTEP guy? It is the UTEP guy who ran for 300 yards in North Texas last year. The UTEP guy. He's going to run for not 100 yards, but he is going to have a touchdown in the game, and that Dallas defense is going to be demoralized. It's a shame that Ty Montgomery's not playing because the Cowboys have an inability to cover running backs out of the backfield. Todd Gurley, C.J. Anderson, just torching Dallas. NFL game of the week. Now, Eric's going to be there. We've already talked about it. I told him what was going to happen, so he's aware of it. He doesn't deserve to be there. No, he doesn't deserve to be there. He knows that. And as the NFC East Yoda, I know that. But we'll be there together. Uh, NFC East Yoda, you're breaking my heart, I'll man. be looking at him from across is the press box. Is it going to be box. close or is it going to be like a blowout? No, no, no. It's going to be a fun game. You're going to be in it the whole time. You're going to love it. It's going to be back and forth. And the next thing you know, Aaron Rodgers is putting his Australian continent all over your defense's face. Well, if my Cowboys are falling to two and three, at least tell me the other three jerk-offs in the division lose. Well, I got good news for you. The Eagles are playing the Cardinals. All right? And the Eagles are coming back from a West Coast trip. The Eagles are sitting at the top of your division. Now, good news is the Arizona Cardinals are coming into Philadelphia, and they got something to say. All right? They're coming away with a victory. Carson Wentz is going to struggle. There we go, Arizona. Tyron Mateau is going to have himself a game. It's going to be all Pulling over the field. Out. I love it. And the Giants lose the, uh, excuse me, the Eagles lose the game. Now, the Giants, on the other hand, they're going against the 0-4 Chargers. So something's got to give two winless teams. But Giants are at home. They're going to finally squeak away their first victory. Phillip Rivers is going to have the ball down four with 38 seconds left to go in the game, and he's not going to be able to pull it out because Young hoes the kicker. We know how that ends. So the Giants do come away with their first victory of the season this weekend. The I'm Giants calling get it their now. first win? It's going to happen. No, on a game-winning field goal or on a game-winning field goal miss? No, no, no. Uh, game-winning field goal miss by Young Ho. Uh, the Chargers do just find ways to lose, man. It's unbelievable. They sure do. And that's it for the NFC East because the Redskins do not play this week. They are on a bye. So uh, my vision tells me they will not win or lose. Mm, interesting. Believe that. So a total of 1-2 for the NFC East. Cowboys, Eagles lose, but the Giants win. Giants do get their first win of the season. The 0-4 team can be the one that gets it done. So that's it for NFC East Yoda's predictions. I'm going to get Eric back in here so he can take over. But uh, Football Yoda, why don't you take it away? Football Yoda is looking into the Force's future. I'll tell you what Football Yoda's always said, and that is never be the team... That is playing the New England Patriots after they lose. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick and Tommy Brady, even if they're going on the road, they do not lose back-to-back -back games. It does not happen. So 
who's the unlucky team this week? Oh, the, hard knocks. It's a hard knock oh, life. It's for a those hard Buccaneers. knock life for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jameis Winston. They look good. They're two and one. They're playing great. But the New England Patriots are going to bring them back down to earth and level their record at 2-2 two and two on the year. Expect Tommy Brady and that offense to be at full force. And I think that defense is finally going to make some plays on young Jameis. Well, it's about time, man. They gave up 30 when one punt against Carolina this week, 33. Next up, Football Yoda is looking into... Houston. Looks like you're going through your vision right now. Houston. Babs' hometown. Last week was another vision where they defeated the Tennessee Titans. And by golly, did they ever beat the hell out of them. They smashed the Titans, and they will ruin the Chiefs' perfect season this Sunday, baby. Deshaun Watson. Compoised as hell. Looking like an MVP will do it again in that offense. Too much for the Chiefs. Down goes KC, 4-1 and one. Houston. You now have a winning record. No more undefeated teams in NFL football by week six. Football Yoda says it now. Now for the third game. Mm. Eric, I told you I would never do this. Uh-oh. Are you lying to me again? And I won't. Thank God. But Football Yoda is going to give you a gift. Because the vision is so pure. Wow, I'm perked up, baby. This will be the number fourth game that Football Yoda will treat you to. But it's only for Mr. Eric Chiafalo. As his Miami Dolphins will end their two-game losing streak as the Titans will fall without their fearless leader, Marcus Mariota. Jay Cutler will rise from the heavens, throw three touchdowns. Smoking, And Miami is going to win this Sunday. Yes! It's about freaking time, baby. We're going to be 2-2, and back in the thick of things. AFC East, who's New England? We don't care. Buffalo, we know you're going to collapse. Don't even get me started on the Jeets. We got something coming for you in a few weeks. Oh, it's happening. Dolphins 2-2. Two and two. That's got a good ring to it. Dolphins 2-2. Two and two, And the final game that will be picked by Football Yoda. Pins and needles. I know Zach already went ahead and said he still thinks the Seattle Seahawks will win that NFC West. Yeah, Walchick did say that. But Football Yoda says the time is not yet. Mm-hmm. The L.A. Rams will improve to 4-1 and one at home as the Seahawks will travel. That defense will make plays. They will suffocate. Todd Gurley will run the ball well. And the Rams' train keeps on rolling. All 20,000 fans screaming it won't will be power loud. the Rams to victory. It won't be proud. Shout out to Coach McVay and the 49ers. They're going to flex their muscle, and the Rams are going 4-1. and one. Dang, who would have thought, man? Who would have thought? Football Yoda bringing it freaking strong. Rams are 4-1. and one. So there we go. NFC East Yoda. Cowboys and Eagles are losing. Giants are winning. Football Yoda. New England goes to Tampa Bay and wins. Tennessee goes to Miami and loses. Seattle goes to L.A. and loses. And the Texans spoil the Chiefs' undefeated season. You heard it here. Locked and loaded.
What a time to be alive. Is that it? That's it. No Split Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, Producer Bab. My goodness, this one's been fun. Episode 33 in the books. Make sure you hit us up on our website, www.nosebleedseatsradio.com. Big shout out to our production team, Susanna and Deja, S&D Media. Love you. They're posting all kinds of goodies. Make sure you hit us up on our social medias via the website. They're all on there. Our Twitter's at NosebleedPod, where you can see next week I will be paying off the bet with Bab. I'll be decked out in Houston Astros gear. And as a Ranger fan, my oh my, that is painful. Big thank you to WBLZ Sports and, of course, our sponsor, the Diamond Broker Dallas. We'll be back next week, everyone. Until then, hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Go Cowboys. Come poised. Hey, I took a look at Baines in the shower, in the shower, in the shower. He is really put together.